This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Dude Shoes. Light, comfy, good to go to. This podcast is proudly in association with Pitch Sport Football, the app that allows you to interact with other West Ham fans, pick your starting eleven, and participate in fan time videos. This app is absolutely free, so like I've done, like X has done, and like thousands of other West Ham fans have done, get this downloaded if you haven't already. That's Pitch Sport Football. You're listening to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and serial YTK blogger, XWHU employee. What an incredible result on Sunday. Against all odds, we beat an informed Leicester side away from home to leave us 10th in the table, just three points behind the top two. The bubbles were flying high at full time and kept flying until those bubbles were popped by a disappointing transfer window on Monday. But just how bad was this window? We've signed what looks to be a great player in Kufau and managed to keep our prized asset in Declan Rice. However, we do now have the smallest squad in the Premier League. Just how detrimental is that going to be to our season moving forward? We can still sign players from the Championship over the next couple of weeks, but will we? If so, who? X will be giving us all the latest news before we end the show with questions from our collective followers on social media. That's all coming up on tonight's show. What a result on Sunday. West Ham never ceased to amaze me, which is exactly what they did against Leicester. How did we manage that? I don't know. It was one of the best performances we've put in in a a long, long while. And, you know, we played brilliantly against Wolves, but I think this performance even topped that somehow um, because... No, Leicester were massively informed. They just won away at Man City five two, was it? Something like that, and they battered them. And they were looking at you know like that they'd be another title contender um, this year. But I just thought every single player played well. That you you couldn't have looked at any one of them and said ah, they maybe they could have done a bit better. I think every single player was a eight nine out of ten performance, yeah. and it it was just amazing to watch. I was sat there just thinking, wow, why can't we do this every week? I know. You know, it's the key word consistency. But we've played like well against, well, very well against Wolves. We've played extremely well against Leicester. And if you think we played well against Arsenal as well before mm-hmm. that, so the last league performances have been brilliant. But mate, it was just such a good performance. Yeah, it was the perfect performance, yeah, really, especially yeah. away from home. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd love to have seen the odds you'd have got on beating Leicester three 0 away. And I saw someone actually put a bet on actually at three 0 I think Did they? With, a, with a tenner, and he, he made a. A fair, a very impressive weekend total. Wow, for sure. yeah. wow, that's fantastic. And yeah. you're quite right. 
everyone performs so well. Yeah. So it's it's difficult and borderline unfair to start picking out specific individuals, but yeah. we will do that in a second because yeah. there's certain conversation points around certain people. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. The more I watch West Ham, the more I think, have we finally found our formation? Have we finally found our system? Because if you look at us against Wolves and you look at us against Leicester, everybody's positions makes sense which is strange to a degree because a couple of people are actually playing out of position mm. but that makes me think well maybe Fornells can play on the wing maybe Aaron Creswell is a better centre half yeah. I don't know but collectively as a group they look so organised so structured and that game in particular against Leicester I mean we were so hard to break down mm. and we were so powerful going forward and it was just a joy and not at any point during that game did I feel threatened by Leicester mm. It yeah, was just incredible. I agree, and, and credit to you, mate, because you called this formation a, a long time ago where you said we should um, be playing with five at the back, Mazaraku, Mazaraku, whatever you call him nowadays, um, <laughs> Arthur. You know, he should. you said he should be um, mm. wing, left wing back. I'd say arguably in the last three games he's probably been our best player. Yeah. Um, I thought Fredericks had been playing well at right wing back as well. I thought uh, Kufal, though, apparently Kurt is not a letter in Czech. Sorry, I think it's Hufau or Shufau or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Someone did teach me, but I've forgotten already with my pronunciations. I thought he played really well. Yeah. Um, and, I, and you're right, Cresswell had a good game. And, yeah. and actually... It does feel like we know what we're doing and, and ultimately the player that's making this all work as well is Antonio, having been mm. a right winger, come right back, come whatever, as a forward, he's just energy, is just unbelievable, just constantly working, mm. closing down and it just seems like everyone's getting the best um, out of themselves in this formation and yeah. you know, like I said just now, credit to you mate, you did call this formation well, and it's yeah. working really well. Yeah, I, because again it just makes sense to me. And yeah. I've always I've always believed in Arthur, but it's hard to criticise him when he's always been played out of position, which ironically is his natural position if you look at his career. Mm. But using common sense, it isn't his natural position. Everything about him screams going forward, pays skill, balls into the box. He's got so much to offer. And it's a shame, really, that we haven't used him in the right way for such a long time. Mm. And it's good to see that we are now, at mm. least. Well, like I said to you on the... I think it was the one before last um, show. The players always, always said to me, "Why does Arthur's brilliant? You know, like he's amazing in training. He's he's our most technical player. He's got pace, which you know we lack throughout most of the team. And he and he was really, really rated by them. And then." We always didn't understand it. Maybe we thought he wasn't as good in training or whatever for the manager not to pick him. You know, defensively, he was a bit suspect, but he has proven, like you say, the left wing back is definitely the position for him. Yeah, 100%. And I believe, because I've taken some stick in the past by saying I think we're a top 7, 8 team on paper, I believe that when you look at the ability we've got matched with the work rate that we're showing, with an injection of some tactical nous, which this formation is showing, credit to David Moyes, and we have to say that, it proves we can beat anyone on our day. Mm. And if we can consistently put that shift in and have a go week after week after week, who says we can't finish in the top no, seven, I top mean, eight? I mean, on those performances, mate, you're right. That performance was as good as, you know, that performance justified, again, what you've said about us being that standard of team. It did justify it because you're not beating any old mug there. You're beating Leicester, who almost got Champions League last year, um, have looked brilliant 
this season and we just totally outplayed them and I think you know you've credited David Moyes there but also credit should go to Alan Irvine as well because obviously with the Covid situation he has been the one that's been leading the training he has been the one that's been uh doing the I know Moyes has been on the head set to Stuart Pearce and stuff but mm. Irvine is the one shouting from the sides you know talking to them and it was funny because you know, someone, a player, at the end of the game, um, texted me and said, Alan Irvine's camp drama. Now, don't read into that. You know, it's not It's not that they're saying we should get David Moyes sacked and Alan Irvine should replace him. But they're saying how well Alan Irvine did too. And I think that we've just got to keep with this formation now and, just, yeah. and, and try where injuries obviously permitting to not change it that much that yeah. is the best team now I mean there's no one really you know you could argue that you could bring Diop in and have a back three of Cresswell uh, sorry Balbuena Ogbonna and Diop or you could say Diop Ogbonna Cresswell um, you could argue that Diop should be in that team um, but I don't think now, really. I mean, for now, this is possibly the one you could argue, but I don't think you can after that performance. I think you've got to keep sticking that team. And that's uh, that's harsh on the likes of Allaire. That's harsh on Yarmolenko. That's harsh on... Um, uh, Lanzini, possibly you could argue, but you just got to go. You got to go. Keep going with this now. Mm, Two, yeah. well, three if you include Arsenal. Three very good performances. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. We have to talk about Kufal or yeah. Hufal as you've uh, educated yeah. me on tonight. Oh, Shufal now is it? Oh, fuck if I know. Let's just call him Vlad. <laughs> yeah, Vlad. Let's just stick with Vlad. Yeah. Uh, no one really knew who he was or what to expect, but he looks an incredible acquisition for just five million pounds, doesn't he? Oh. Unbelievable. I mean, I can talk about his transfer in our section and how it all came about. Um, you know, uh, and he, I thought his debut was brilliant. I, I really did. I thought he was superb. Um, I liked him. Again, I've been told that he's looked really good in training. I tweeted it before the game. He's looked like he's a warrior. He's tough in the tackle. He's got energy. Um, he's a likeable lad as well. And I, and I think he's, you saw all of that in the game. You know, he wasn't afraid of a tackle. He got crunched a couple of times. No, loved got it. up with a smile on his face. He put some challenges in. He got up and down the flank. I, I really liked him. I he looks really really solid and you know we got him for less than six million um and if you think we got him and Suchek combined for less than 20 million yeah that's two very good you've got signings. to say that's a great bit of business well it's funny because apparently um uh, again this will be talked about in more detail but apparently david sullivan tried to put in a bid for another czech player in the window um at the right at the last minute because he's been so impressed by the impact that the czech players have had <laughs> that he thought this is the winning formula now so we could actually turn into you know west ham czech united or something because he just because he's seen the impact these two players have had and really if you look upon the i, I can think of four czech players that have played for West Ham right Ludic McCloskey um, Thomas Repka and then these two yeah. so if you look at that yeah. as the judgement then, then all four of them did well at West Ham yeah it makes a change to see him sign some fucking checks yeah that's true yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm here all week yeah exactly yeah. Uh, you can take true. that mate keep that use that that's yours <laughs> yeah. no it's a great signing and um, yeah I echo everything you've just said Pablo Fornells yeah now, the strange thing is, there's been a bit of a, I don't know, up and down with Pablo. I don't think anyone can knock his level of enthusiasm since he's joined the club. I'll be brutally honest, at times I think West Ham have 
overrated him. And I think he's probably been given a little bit more time with first-team opportunities than he possibly deserved at times. And even in recently, possibly last week or the week before, I think your words were the only question mark in that team for me as it stands, given the fact that I don't believe he's a winger and he hasn't been an outstanding performer, would be Pablo Fornells. And I, for one, wholeheartedly agreed with that. Is he starting to change our minds a little bit? Um, yes, I think so. I mean, the goal that he took was brilliant. Oh, I mean, that first the control. Touch, yeah, that first touch and that finish was superb. Um, and then he got a couple of assists against uh, Wolves, didn't they? He set up Bowen's goal against Leicester oh, as well. With that Berkovic through yeah, ball. exactly. Beautiful bit so of play. So when you, you look at it on that evidence, then you have to say that, yeah, he deserves to start. I mean, what's the alternatives now? We've we've loaned out Anderson, so that's not an option now. Um, Yarmolenko, but that's the wrong flank for him. Lanzini, I'd say he's even less of a You could push Mazuaka up there. You could do, yeah. But again, you're taking him off the left wing back yep. spot where he's done so well mm-hmm. so I think yes you've got to play for now now and yeah okay I'm forming that on two games but I, as I maintained and throughout our duration of doing this podcast you do not change a winning team mm-hmm. unless you have to through injuries or suspension you don't change this you keep this going and even if we lose our next game which is Spurs is it I think mm-hmm. my head. Top my way. yeah um, if we lose that game with the same formation and play badly we put it down to a, a not a good day in the office but we go back with the same formation again and try to get a, a run going and yeah I mean for now he's young you know what is he 22 23 yeah um, so he's got time to really develop um, he's obviously a technically skillful very uh, player I think previously his lack of pace made that he wasn't a particularly good left winger but with Masaraku on the left he is um He's com- he's like um subs like, uh, what's the word um making up for that lack of pace mm, almost because compensating he's compensating mm. it thank you that's the word so for now can sort of use his pace Masaraku's pace to make him like be able to achieve more because he's got that overlap now it doesn't yeah. have to be for now's doing the overlap as such he can tuck in more and then look for him so yeah I think you got to you got to stick him yeah stick him. Uh, yeah I agree and to see the unison between Fornells, Antonio and Bowen. They definitely seem to have a connection there. I mean, when I watch West Ham counter-attack, for the first time in a long time, there almost seems to be some expectation now that something can happen on the break. Yeah, exactly. And because I think you've just got such firecrackers in Antonio and Bowen that break at such pace and speed and and real want and desire every time they get the ball. And I love that. With Fornells, you've just got that technical brilliance at times. And I don't think I'm ever going to be convinced otherwise that... He's a number 10. No, exactly. Because yeah. I, I think he is a number 10. Yeah. Um, but having said that, until the squad gets a little bit heavier, um, if it ain't broken, why fix it? Yeah, exactly. And I, and I feel you know I feel for Alaire because he scored a good goal against Wolves. Um, he'd scored in the cup four times. So he's in the limited chances he's getting. He's, he's doing okay. Uh, well, shall we say. But... Um, you, you can't change what's happening now. And Antonio is doing so well up front that you you just have to stay as it is and Alaire's just going to have to yeah, lump I it agree. for the time being. I agree. Do you know what? There were so many outstanding performances mm. on Sunday. However, for me, Ogbonna was man of the match. Mm. Do you think that was his best game in a West Ham shirt? Because um, I thought he was 
absolute perfection on Sunday. Well, he's been playing like that for a while now, hasn't he? I mean, yeah, hence, yes. the, hence the runner-up in Hammer of the Year yep. last season. Uh, he was great when we first signed him, I thought, when we, our last season at Upton Park. Mm. Um, so... He's got back into the Italian national team as well, which is a is a compliment. I know Italy are not the force they once were when you and I are growing up, but defensively, Italians always can defend. Yeah. Um, and to get in that national team, to, so to be one of the best defenders for one of the best defending countries, shows that he's a good player. I mean, he, you know, he's played for Juventus, he's played for Juventus, and he's played for Italy. Mm. You, you don't, you're not, you can't be a mug and do that. Mm. Um, but yeah, arguably his best game um, certainly would be up there. I think the guy's done brilliantly. I really like him as a player. I really like him again as his personality. He yeah. seems quite a, a likable chap, quite calm, a calming influence mm. in the defence. You know, I liked when that Turkish Leicester player dived and the sort of looking <laughs> yeah. at him and stuff. Death stare. Yeah, death stare. I think, um, you know, uh, he. I think, yeah, I think he's just, do, he's a really good player. I mean, he's 30, 31 now, but I think he's got at least another good couple of seasons. Yeah, in him, I liked so. it even more when their goal got chalked off and you saw his reaction. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that, but he no. celebrated it like a goal. Yeah. And, you know, we've often questioned just how much these players care at times, yes. but you see examples like that and you think, go on, son, fucking yeah. get in there. You can tell he's loving it and it means that much to him to yeah. keep that clean sheet, yeah. which is our second clean sheet in a row in the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, absolutely outstanding. Aaron Creswell. Mm. Uh, you know, we signed him as a left-back. He is a left-back. He's always been a left-back and probably always will be a left-back unless he's needed as a centre-half. Uh, previous hammer of the year, he's had an up-and-down career at West Ham, really. You could arguably put his demise down to his injury that he's never really recovered from, I think you could argue. Is he better suited as a centre-half? Given the fact that I could probably name you quite a number of games where he hasn't played well at left-back, but not too many where he hasn't played well at centre-half mm. as part of a three. Well, I always think for a full-back, the essential criteria you have to have is pace. Uh, that and a winger. That, that Those two positions on the flanks have to have pace because a winger needs to be able to beat his full-back and get down the, the wing, and a full-back needs to try and keep up with a pacey winger. Mm. So the, the uh, pace is essential for me for those positions. Um, and also, you need to have good positional sense because if you get exposed at left back then there's no one really to cover you unless the cent- the left centre back moves out to cover you and then there's a hole in the, in the centre but when you when you're a centre back of 3 and you've got your wing back and then two other centre backs and a defensive midfielder around you can almost be helped out by them if yes, that makes sense I agree. and i think sometimes you you, if your defenders technically aren't that good at defending, then you play free, and I think that they can all help each other out that yeah. way. And um, I think that's what happened. I think he's just he's less exposed at centre back. Now that sounds like a bit of an insult, really. To say the only reason he's playing well is because he's less ex- exposed. But I think certain players are just better at centre back, and particularly inside a, a, alongside a, a three of them. I mean, he's pay, he's never really had pace anyway. But after an injury and his age. No, and I think at left back, I like the fact he's if he's playing sorry at left centre back. I like the fact you've got a left footed, yes. left centre back, and then that goal 
um, for Fanals, yeah. where he kicked it down. It was all because you had a sense back that was left footed that played it over yeah. top. Well, not forgetting but, the cross for Antonio's goal. Oh yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah, and so I think I think probably he is better suited because you're right at left back. He has taken a lot of criticism, yeah. and probably rightly so. Um, but at centre back, yeah, I don't often think, oh gosh, what's he doing there? Um, so yeah, I think maybe that's the that's the way forward, and it could explain why. I, whilst I still think we're looking at signing a centre back from the championship in in the window, why we didn't ever push, 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 push to get a centre-back through the door. I mean, we did and we bid and we almost signed Tamori, but I think there was an element of, well, the three are playing well. We've still got Diop, we've got Elise as well, and Rice can play centre-back. So Mm. maybe there wasn't as much urgency on the chairman and the board's part as it would be the fans because they think maybe that's we got enough. But, Possibly. I think no. you've hit the nail on the head um, in terms of the stick that he's been getting is mainly because he's exposed as a left-back, really. You know, yeah. you get a winger with a bit of pace, especially from a club that does their research coming in against West Ham. He's just going to get roasted every time. And he has done countless amount of times. But that isn't necessarily the case as much when you're playing centre-half. And then you've got the added protection of, especially of Bonner next to you. Mm. You know, I think it does him wonders. Am I comfortable with it for the mid to long term no but it's good to know especially in these times with the squad pretty much Fred Bear that he can come in and do a job and then you talk about getting exposed in that area you've now got Mazuaku who can track back as well as go forward and he's got the one thing that Creswell doesn't have which is pace so I think it's a nice balance it works well and it makes sense on that left hand side now and he's a popular personality as well which is important yeah I always think a successful team has a group of players that get on really well um, all enjoy each other's company both on and off the pitch will fight for each other have the respect of the dressing room and Creswell is a popular character yeah no, he's a, I can believe he, that. Yeah, he's a likeable, cheeky scouse chap, um, and and he is a, a popular fella. And you know, um, I'm lucky enough that he follows me on Twitter. So occasionally, after Twitter oh, friends, yeah, so, ooh, <laughs> um, he, uh, so occasionally after a game, I um like you know we never talk much, but I like drop him a message, say well done, mate, played well, blah blah, and he's always so positive and and seems to really love like West Ham and stuff so that always gets respected in my opinion it never so. gives you the, the impression that some of the stuff that's said about him on social media has an impact yeah that's the thing and no no that's a question oh sorry um, I don't think so I mean I remember when he said that comment about Declan Rice do you remember when he said he, we know that he could play for a club with better players yes, and yes, you and others yes. ripped him apart yeah, for it rightfully I, so I stand by that I, I don't but um, and I messaged <laughs> well that's because you're fucking mates isn't you that's why <laughs> protecting your pal and so I know at that time he was a bit put out by A, the reaction, because I agreed with him. I thought it was over the top. And B... It was the uh, timing that was the problem. Yeah, the timing was the problem. But, you know, I still think it was an overreaction, personally. And if it had been said at, you know, close season, people wouldn't have reacted maybe so much. But anyway, well, that we've debated this on previous yeah, shows, yeah, yeah. so let's not go there. Um, I, I know he was quite upset by that reaction in the sense that, you know, he thought, I did, uh, you know, it's obvious that Declan Rice can play with anyone. He meant it as a compliment. So I think for that, maybe. But he, um, 
he doesn't seem so. I mean, I don't know him well enough. I can't claim that we're best buddies and we chat like in depth about anything. It's very, very sort of brief, I guess. But um, he uh, he clearly does love the club, loves playing for us, and you know his family are settled here. He's good friends with Mark Noble. You know, there's a good friends with a lot of the players. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think. You know he has taken a lot of a lot of shit from West Ham fans mm, this year, and mm. hopefully he'll stick two fingers up and keep playing this way at centre back. Yeah, well, let's certainly hope so. I know Gareth Southgate is building for the future, and I like what he's doing. I like his philosophy. I love the fact that for the first time in a long time, we're not relying on the old guard mm. because the old guard done fuck all for England. Yeah. I like what he's trying to do, and if you look at the squads that he announces, they're all young, hungry players. That said, is he overlooking Antonio? Because if you look on form and you look what Antonio brings to a game of football, the way he finished last season, the way he started this season, is he genuinely not a bit of a wild card for that squad? Yes, I love youth in the side. But surely, with some added experience, it can't do it any harm. And I looked at the squad announcement. Yes, of course, Antonio isn't going to get in over Harry Kane. He's not going to get in over Marcus Rashford. He's not going to get in over Mason Greenwood. But then I saw Tammy Abraham's name. And I thought, you know what? Why is that not a shout? What the fuck has Tammy Abraham done in comparison to Antonio over the last few months? Yeah. So do you think he is overlooked? Well, in that mix as well, you got to you got to throw in Dominic Calvin Lewis as well. Yeah, uh, Lewin Calvert Lewin, whatever his name is. <laughs> I love the way your default in your brain is to always rename players yes, that you can't pronounce, and the fucking English as well. So I like, struggle with the foreign ones, let alone the English ones. Dominic Calvert Lewin. There you go. I'm actually reading that now. To be fair, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the England squad now. I assume this is the most up to date one, but it's on Wikipedia. I'm not sure whether it is or not, but looking at it here, the under forwards, and I know some of these are wingers, and it's even got Grealish as a forward. But let's say you've got Harry Kane, you've got Marcus Rashford, you've got Greenwood, as you said, although I don't think he's in this squad, but he, he usually is. You've got Danny Ings, you've got Dominic Calvert Lewin. Um, you. <laughs> Is Tammy in there? Have I made a mistake? Uh, he's in. I don't know if this is a wiki, if this Wikipedia is accurate, but yeah, he is in there on this Wikipedia one, um, and I'd imagine he would be. I think Abraham's not going to play. I would imagine, and so he's probably in there. But why is he called up over Antonio? Because though? I reckon it's just an age thing. Because Antonio is what thirty now. He's not one for the future. You know, you take getting him involved in England squads to build up his experience at international level is not really going to benefit you because. In in two years time three years time he's going to be too old anyway whereas Abraham's like 22 23 so it's getting him that experience I, I, I think it's harsh on Antonio to not be called up because you know what more does the guy need to do as a mm. forward he's scoring goals for a team that I guess certainly last year isn't creating that many chances apart from against Norwich but he's still scoring that many goals mm. um, but it's his work rate it's yeah. his work rate off the ball as well listen just sorry to interrupt I'm not saying we should build a future around Antonio I'm not but why not have him as a wild card? Because there isn't another player like him in the Premier League. No. But if, when... You know, build your future around your starting eleven, and then your priority subs. But if something ain't going right for you in a game, you've got Mikel Antonio there that can come on and potentially change it. Yeah. Now, I know I'm biased as a West Ham fan, but it does just give me the ump a little bit that it sometimes, with the exception of Declan Rice, you can play as well as you possibly can do, and you're just not 
remotely considered. I mean, look at Mark Noble in the final season at the Bolin. Yeah. He should have got an England cap that season. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I do agree with what you're saying. And I think Southgate, you know, is obviously aware of Antonio because he's called him up in That's the right. squad before a couple of years ago. So, he know- I mean, of course, he's aware of him, but knows, obviously rates him because he's called him up before. Um, I just think it's the level of competition. I mean, as much as I love Antonio, you know, if you're a West Ham fan, realistically, if we was to be told, right, you can do an exchange... Antonio for Harry Kane we'd take Harry Kane would you Kane. take Antonio for Tammy Abraham that's a good question in fairness mate that's why you're the host um, if it was if I was to pick a team tomorrow which would be my strongest 11 mm. I would pick Antonio over mm. Abraham mm. Um, on form but if I was to pick for the next five years mm. I'd probably pick Abraham and maybe that's the thinking behind Southgate but like I said you're not going to exchange Rashford for Antonio you're not going to exchange Greenwood for Antonio you're not going to exchange Calvert Lewin for Antonio you're not going to Danny Ings probably not either because Danny Ings was was he top scorer mm. in the Premier League last year you know you could even argue Vardy I know Vardy's retired from international football now but you know on, on form he should have maybe got a call up and he tried to persuade him to carry on I just think Antonio is unfortunate that the level of competition is so high that he he's just lost out for that reason and his age. You know, if he was 22 and doing this, I, I bet you, I would bet you any money. Obviously, I can't prove this, but if he was 21 or 22 and he'd done what he'd done these last few games, he'd be in that squad. Yeah. I, I think it's age more than anything. It's a shame, though. I yeah, feel definitely. for him because um, I'm sure he would love that getting mm. a call up to England again. Yeah. And uh, well, it's the it, perfect story. It's the it's the Ian Wright, Stuart Pearce story, yeah. Jamie Vardy story, where you've made your way out. I mean, I think he was released as a kid from a number of clubs, made his way up through non-league football, played in League Two, League One Championship. I don't know if he's quite in League Two, but certainly League One Championship. Made his way out to the Premier League. It's that kind of classic story. Yeah, it's a fairy right? tale, football fairy yeah, tale, exactly. So it would make sense, and he deserves it. again another you know good character of the game, and uh, mm. yeah, I just think it's age, unfortunately, because yeah. like you said, Southgate likes to bring young, have a young squad, and the, unless you're like you know the best player, like I guess someone like um, Harry Kane will be in there up in, in his thirties maybe, but. Um, yeah, well, if you're a fringe player, he hasn't got time for you yeah. for over a certain age. But then again, I, I think you're looking at it, and I wouldn't dispute any of the names that we've mentioned other than Tammy Abraham. Yeah. Because also, when you think about it, realistically, if we've got four or five strikers, there's Harry Kane, there's Rashford, there's Greenwood, there's Ings, straight away those four, I believe, would start over Tammy Abraham. So you could argue that Tammy Abraham ain't even going to play for England, Mm. but he's been picked solely because of his age. Mm. So why not lead with those four strikers, rotate with those four strikers, only ever use those four strikers and start them, but have a wild card on the bench if it is 1-0 to Belgium and, and it's the 70th minute and you want to throw some freak of nature on the football pitch just to try and get a result, yeah. you're not gonna, why would you turn to Tammy Abraham, your fifth-choice striker, rather than Antonio, who could be a potential game-changer? Yeah. That's my only fault. And he's more versatile as well. So he, he is more versatile. Exactly right. right. If you needed exactly well. right. Yeah, I mean, uh, he is harsh on Antonio. And I, as to reiterate the point, I think it's age. I really do. I genuinely believe if he was 22, 23 he'd be in that squad yeah, but, yeah. You know, and perhaps if he played for Chelsea or a club of well, that stature there you that'd go. be another factor although obviously he's a 
have got in at Southampton, and mm. there are a few exceptions to it. Um, obviously, the guy at Leeds has got in. Phillips, is that his name? Um, yeah, so it's not necessarily the club, it's the age. I think it's the most important thing. Jarrah mm. um, Bowen. I mean, it's about time he had his own song, surely. <laughs> yeah. um, we don't have one, to my knowledge, and at the moment, there aren't fans in the stadium that can sing it, even if we did. Whole City had one. Right. that I like okay. and I don't know if we can adopt it whether it's a done thing to take it over from another club and this is genuine by the I way I just thought you were going to ask me to make one up on the no. spot I was going to say <laughs> mate you're going to have to give me some notice I'm not, I'm not that musically yeah. gifted no see I like this song right. and I don't know if maybe we can adopt it or someone out there in the Twitter sphere can think of a better song for Jared but yeah. I like the one whole sang and that was there is a star man playing on the right. His name is Jared Bowen. He's fucking dynamite. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's not just a whole song. I've heard other clubs sing that too. Yeah, so. all right, mate. You're fucking killing it a little bit now. <laughs> I don't want to hold skinny. Unnecessary credit. Do you remember that away day we had there? That was yeah. no, that was a great experience, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, fucking. Couldn't get a seat on the train all the way there either. Yeah, no, I couldn't get a seat on the train. And then I seem to remember when we were walking out, we got surrounded by whole fans that wanted to give us advice on how West Ham could be better. Do you remember? And like, no, I, don't, I don't remember that. Was, yeah, well, you were smashed as always, but like, and you were you were probably beating someone up at that point. I was into I was entertaining them and. Uh, yeah, and uh, they were an old couple as well, so I don't want to be too harsh, but uh, yeah, I don't think we were overly impressed by Hull. Do you know, like, I don't want to run a whole town, but if you, out of interest, right, if you go on Right Move, you know, the yeah. property agent website thing, and you type in Hull, mate, you can buy like a two-bedroom house for like 18000 Admittedly, it's uh, not in, in the, the most appealing of areas, but no. still. Uh, the, 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 to me, that sounds overpriced. Yeah. I mean, Hull <laughs> is a fucking shit tip. I'll tell you it? one thing. I think got... the people from Hull tell you that, to be fair. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. It's got going for it. It's got a, um, a uh, what's it called? Sea Life Centre called The Deep. Right, and it's the best sea life sense I've ever been. Is to. that right? It's amazing, mate. It's really informative. Lots of different types of sea life creatures. So if that's your bag, mate, then <laughs> then you want to go to Hull for that. It's also got the Humber Bridge, which is a, a magnificent uh, example of architecture. Oh, but, sounds um, fucking boring. <laughs> I'm interested in the sea life, though. Yeah, sea life skip, mate. I'll go up there. Um, anyway, on an, on another note, I don't know. We should not. This is a West Ham podcast, not a um, sea life centre review review app. Yeah. Um, uh, what was the point about Hull? Oh yeah, the, uh, yeah. The song I like. Yeah, that song is good. You know, David Bowie. You gotta, you know, yeah. respect the legends. And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, not bad. It's quite not catchy. Bad. I quite think you could have sung it with a bit more like confidence. Yeah, like. wasn't sort of bursting with enthusiasm. No, I was gonna say, do it again. Like you really mean it. Uh, there is a star man playing on a right. His name is Jared Bowen. He's fucking dynamite. Yeah, it's better. I like it now. I like it now. <laughs> well, it's better than nothing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. at the moment, we don't have a song for Jared Bowen. Right. And I've got to be honest, the more I see of him, the more I love him. But you know I about... F- I fucking... I think he's great for West Ham. We will go back to Bowen, and he is great. Don't get me wrong. But do you know, like, I think there's songs for players, actually, just to sort of change how and remind me to go back to Bowen, because I do want to praise him. We don't seem to have that many, for many players anyway. Yeah, I, got, I know. Like, I you know. think when we first started going, yeah, you know, 
I was trying to think, like, I can't remember when I first started Where going. Cr- oh, what, were you going all the way back? Yeah, like, going 90s. You know, oh, you had, okay. Like, super, super slav, and, you know, walking in a cotty wonderland, even yeah. about Frank Lampard Sr., you know, when the ball yes. came over, yeah. and Frank fell over, and then you had um, Ludo, Ludo, and yeah. Julian, 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 and there was, like, almost every player. Some songs so. were more creative than others, yeah, by the sounds exactly, of it. exactly, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember a chant I remember with Stanley Lazaridis that no one seems to remember? <laughs> Go on, what uh, is it? Do you remember the Macarena? Oh, of course, you remember the Macarena. Everyone knows that. And it goes, yeah. Stanley, Stanley, Stanley Lazaridis. Stanley, Stanley, Stanley Lazaridis. Stanley, Stanley, Stanley Lazaridis. Hey, Lazaridis. No one remembers that. You've told me this before, yeah, and prior to you that. telling me, I didn't uh, remember it. If there's anyone out there that remembers singing that away games, please get yeah. in touch. Obviously, you've got the Christian Daily one. You know, there's there's. Oh, we've had some great things. songs, and yeah. this is why I'm saying it because if anyone's going to create a good song about a player, it's West Ham fans. Well, I don't know if we're as good as we used to be. Yeah, I just don't well, think the maybe. Are there anymore? Mm. Like you know, Declan's not really got one anymore. I no, mean, I mean he has got one, but it's not it's not like the Pie one. The Pie was the yeah. last time a song really yeah. or best. Arcu, I guess Lanzini's got one that mm. you know sung a lot. But Philip um, Anderson, yeah, you know, there's been a few. Aaron um, Criswell, yeah. Fuck me, it's just about everyone, isn't it? But, <laughs> yes, um, oh fuck, what I was saying. Like, back, <laughs> back to Bowen, um, yeah. But Bowen, Bowen's. I mean, I, I must admit, I was one of those people that contemplated swapping Yarmolenko for Bowen. Yeah. About maybe after the Newcastle game, perhaps. Mm. But yes, you, the last. Two, three games he's played. He's shown why um, we were right to stick with him and the player that he's going to be. Great finishes. I feel confident when he's going on a, uh, on a yeah. goal that he's going to score. Yeah. I like, I like with Antonio bizarrely. Even though he's scored as many as had, <laughs> I almost expect him to miss but yeah, with, or fall but, over. Yeah, exactly. But with Bowen, it, like, I, I knew he was going to score that in mm. my mind. There was just mm. no doubt that that was going in the net, and that was a, yeah. I you know. Love the fella. Um, really, really good signing. Um, interestingly, um, the no, I don't know if I should say this about Bowen. Uh, can I get in trouble? Am I going to get in trouble? Uh, not sure. Do it. Okay. Do it. David Sullivan is claiming that signing. He's saying that David Moyes wasn't overly keen on him, and it was him that pushed uh, Moyes to sign the player. I do think that's a little bit of a coincidence because any time a player does well, yeah, it's that, one of his. It's one of his. And when they do <laughs> shit, he didn't want to sign them. Um, so um, apparently, say for Cafal or whatever, but Moyes didn't want to pay six million or just under six million for him. He wants to pay four million and. David I said David Moyes is going to fucking well, squabble over two mate, million pounds. Ain't even his money. Well, exactly. This is what I silly said. money and all, wasn't it, mate? This is what I said. But this is the I don't know the propaganda that is going out there. If you if you want to believe the propaganda that um, David Moyes is apparently and apparently he was the same at Manchester United. He treats apparently again if you believe the chairman side of things, he treats the money that he's spending on players as if it's his own. Mm. So he's very careful with it, mm. and I'm like. Why, why the fuck would you be that? It's like playing football manager, yeah? And you've yeah. got a budget of like 50 million. You're like, yeah, I think I'll just spend 15 of this budget. I want to preserve it. You wouldn't do nah, that. Nah. Well, because the managerial career is so short-lived, you, whatever money you can get, you want to take. Unless you, you, know, you don't want to obviously spunk it on a load of rubbish because then you're going to get criticised. But you want to at least strengthen. But apparently, if you believe that side of sources, and you know, like I've said before, my source, sources are quite wide wide-ranging i hear it from both sides yeah. of, the, of the spectrum but if you want to believe that side Moyes doesn't like spending money but i mean no, don't get me wrong 
you know, if if a club wants fifty million pound for a player, but David Moyes wants to pay thirty five, I get that. I understand. Yeah. You can't honestly expect me to believe that if a player that's been recommended to the club by a current player, then a, a player that he's decided he probably wants after looking at videotapes, I'm guessing, would then kick up a fuss that we've paid six million rather than four million. Yeah. I mean, it, there's treating it like your own money, and then there's just fucking insanity because it's two million pound difference. On a six million pound transfer in two thousand and fucking twenty, oh, no. oh, we're not I, in nineteen eighty nine anymore. But that's why I didn't really wasn't sure whether I was going to say it yeah, or not. Because I don't I just buy that. No, I think it's a bit of a, a bit of a spin that, and I'm yeah, not sure yeah. how true no it is. No surprise there. No, um, so but yeah, it, yeah. Some very interesting information, by the way, that came to me today, and I hope I've got this right. I think I've got it right. Whilst we sit 10th in the league, we're currently third for total shots so far. Only Liverpool and Tottenham are ahead of us, and incredibly, we've only faced eight shots on target so far. That is the lowest in the division. Jeez. So, simple yes or no, X, are we going to win the league this year? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> yeah, hey! You heard it here first. Um, another exclusive. Boom. Um, uh, no, I don't think so. It wasn't a genuine question, no, mate, say, just for the yeah, record. Yeah, I don't know. I won't answer it seriously, but at the end of the day, if we can get comfortably mid-table, I'll take that. Gotcha, 100%. Mm. I don't think the international break could have come at a worse time, yeah. to be honest, because yeah. I wanted us to carry that momentum mm. into the Tottenham game. Given that West Ham are the most unpredictable team in world football, how do you think we'll get on there? It's really difficult, isn't it? Because mm. Tottenham have just bloody won six one at Manchester United, so yep. you know, and Tottenham are looking really strong. You know, Kane, so, uh, Son, they're all looking like they're playing to their peak again. Uh, I, but then you could have said that about Leicester going mm. into the Leicester yeah. game, so. I, I just can't predict it, mate. I, I literally don't know. I think if the fans had been in, so because it's at Tottenham, I think if West Ham, because like, obviously we were there yeah. for the first team to win at White Hart. Let's go! Come on! Yeah, exactly. Which spawned that, which I don't think I got enough credit I for. I don't think you deserved any credit I think for I it. Do, we're at a bit of a cross. No, we are. Because when we're, in the, when we're in the car, <laughs> driving out of that, so there's this Power League place near, I don't know if it's Power League anymore, but there's football pitches near <laughs> the roundabout. And I always part there. And obviously Dave and I went to the Spurs game together. And I said to him, did you see that? video of Harry Kane how ridiculous it was and we were joking about how ridiculous and how um it's been politically correct here how um different he sounded that's out of order (laughs) I would never say something like that how disrespectful (laughs) how different he sounded in that video and like we were sort of Maybe insensitive. Maybe that maybe that it. did wedge itself in my brain subconsciously. And then I get home and West Ham. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you did use a creative element to our discussion. <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah, and then you went yeah. home and you created literally a Twitter, um, Facebook, TikTok. Instagram sensation. Yeah, it was I mean, incredible. Got million, like, wasn't it like five million? No, views it was. I think it was eight million views across all platforms, views. and about seven million fucking pissed off Tottenham fans, <laughs> yeah. which I enjoyed every second of. By the way, I love the fact as well when they were giving you abuse. Yeah, they thought that's kind of what you were like. Like they, like they actually thought that was you. And like, it was just, I know. Made it funny. Yeah, the I know. Thing is, mate, if they link 
two and two together. You were also the fellow that created the um, Wagner video. Yes, um, I know. Win the Spurs, win Bumbara. I'm a bit of a pain in the arse to Tottenham, really, <laughs> yeah, exactly. aren't I? And then you go and beat them up in your sleep. <laughs> as well. uh, you're an absolute Spurs nightmare. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, if fans were there to cut back to the chase, if I think we would have a better chance because we'd be so up for that game on the back of that form. I just hope the players can take it into it. I'm going to go for a scoring draw. I'm going to go 2 all. Yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna go for one all. Um, because I look, I, I I like to be a realist, and one thing that I don't ever want to do on this show is is talk through rose tinted glasses. Maybe I do sometimes, maybe I don't. I certainly don't try to. So it never really makes me feel guilty predicting that West Ham are going to lose a game if we've been shit. So when we lost to Newcastle, when it was a fucking shower of shit, I had absolutely no hesitation in saying, right, we're going to lose the next game. Don't fancy it at all. When we're playing really well. And you go to a tough game, it's it's just so hard to call. And again, with West Ham being as unpredictable as they are, it could literally just throw out any scenario. No, no. And no scenario yeah. would surprise me no. at the Tottenham game. No, but let's hope either. that scenario is a win anyway. Yeah. Jesus Christ, I love beating them. <laughs> you, can't, say, <laughs> you can't just leave it like that. That's way too sense, uh, diplomatic for, for you. <laughs> I mean, don't forget, I mean, I've told this story before, but you almost spoiled Las Vegas for me because of your dreams where you're beating up Tottenham fans in your sleep. And when I say dreams, it's not just lying there going... Spurs, yeah, yeah, cunts. yeah, it's getting up out of his bed, walking around the room, pacing, kicking my bed, punching the wall. <laughs> you were like, shitting yourself. Yeah, mate, I was under the cover going, Dave, <laughs> Dave, <laughs> Dave, are you all right, Dave? Um, and honestly, literally destroying our room. So, and, 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 and I was just like, Dave, there's no Tottenham fans. I support West Ham. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got my season to get my wallet somewhere, please. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, and it was just uh, honestly, and then obviously after that shenanigans, I got about two hours sleep. I decided to go on Twitter and use the word that perhaps you know in hindsight wasn't the best place, meant a completely different context to, to how it was taken. But I'm not going to go down this route again. Then just received hate after hate after hate <laughs> to made made my way to the event on like literally I said two hours sleep got given a gimp mask by Brawley's dad um decided whether I was going to wear it or not got into it. all all sort of things playing on my mind how how are we going to do this live audience this is going to be weird blah 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 um just just constant stress in my head and really <laughs> not able to take in what an amazing experience it was. All because of your hatred. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the transfer window. So once again, congratulations on your level of accuracy, mate. Thank you. It was a window that left most fans raging. Yeah. Can you understand why? Uh, yes, um, because uh, we sold Dean Garner on the promise that that money would be reinvested. Um, Which it we, still might be, yeah, you could it argue. Could be. That's the thing, it's hard to... 100% call it now because we don't know how we're going to invest that money. Mm. Um, if we invest it in championship players, this was going to come in my section, but I believe there are bids in for players, um, which I will talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to 100% judge, but what frustrated me more than anything isn't necessarily that we didn't sign other than Schufel and the Wimbledon fellow, which everyone seems to forget. And um, yeah, and that, you know, that signing, which was uh, obviously a bit under the radar and not really very important, but we did bring him in. Um, What frustrated me more than anything was 
we just scattergunned the centre-backs. You know, it started off originally with Moyes identifying three targets, Jones, Stones and Duffy. We approached Jones, told the wages were too high and he's I think he's injured possibly as well. Approached Stones, same thing, wages too high, didn't want to send him out. Approached Duffy, he chose Celtic over us. Um, so then we then we like, right, okay, buggered on those. Then we sort of inquired a little bit in the championship. Dawson... Cook, a few others that I've mentioned when we were up in your little Can I just bedroom. ask a quick question? Yeah. Why are the wages of Jones and Stones an issue when we've just farmed out Philippe Anderson on loan and cancelled Jack Wilshere's contract? Because we hadn't done that at that point, had we? must we? have so, known. I mean, what, would we cut the hours away? Well, we must have known about Wilshere because I told yeah. I said it on the show in uh, the start of the, in September. So we did know, yeah. I, I mean, maybe... Uh, or even at the point when we knew, did we not then go back to Man City May night and say, right, it's not a problem, now we've got the money? Yeah, mate. Well, I think by that point, he changed his mind. So then we went from looking for British... You know, looking at the Red Bull model, British players, although he did state quite early on he liked experience in his centre-backs. So then we moved from that, and then we went through, what, 10 to 15 centre-back bids in total. Um, And, you know, we got close ish on a few uh you know there was the guy at marseille uh we bid for him he um he said he really wants to speak to us and would push to make the club speak to him we spoke to him then he chose champions league football make of that what you will um we put a loan offer in for tar the german center back whereas they wanted to sell him obviously tarkovsky we wouldn't meet them um asking fee um there was a guy another guy eastern european one, uh, Mikhailenovic, I think his name is, something like that, um, putting a bid for him. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> was just making bids. Uh, what's his name? The one that went to Leicester for Fanner, you know, moved for him. These are all genuine. Well, I say these were genuine. We certainly put an offer in for them, not the necessarily always what the club wanted but we ended up getting reasonably close and then last minute um we put in an offer for tomorrow and so the thing for me that's the most concerning is the whole scattered gun approach Mm. and the lack of strategy again i said it on a podcast yesterday that i did um if you're looking at most clubs they will identify two or three top players for a position and do all they can to sign those players not try and sign like 10 15 players or put big in for 10-15 players mm. in the same position and just keep moving on and on. Or not and leave on. it till transfer deadline. Though. I know, exactly, yeah. I mean, if, if we, you was to ask David Sullivan and David Moyes to rank the order of centre-backs, as in if they could have picked one of them to sign, which one would it be? I'd be very interested to know because at what point did they decide that they should, you know, they bid for Tar on loan and whilst they were waiting for that offer to be accepted, they put in a, a cash offer for the for Carr at Marseille, Calacar, his name is. Um, so what would have happened if suddenly the German side had said, yeah, okay, you can have him on loan, and Marseille had suddenly said, okay, or the player had said, you can have him, which one would we have gone for? Yeah. You know, for Fana over Tarkovsky, which one? You know, I just don't know what the strategy yeah. is, and that still concerns me, that there is no real recruitment here. You need to get a, mm. you need to get a clear head of recruitment that I know we tried this under Pellegrini, it didn't work, but we need to get 
get someone independent of the manager. Pellegrini mm. brought in Husilios. We need to bring in someone that is independent to it, not David Sullivan's like buddy, not David Moyes' buddy, a head of recruitment that's proven potentially at other clubs. You know, if you could get Southampton's one or Leicester's one or you know even Norwich have brought some good players over time. You know, someone like that, get them in. And then try to to get a clear strategy, and I think I think that's the problem. The squad is way for thin now. You know, we've got mm. rid of Wilshire, we've got rid of Cullen, um, we got rid of um, a Jetty, we got rid of uh, Hugo. Not that he would have ever played, but we've got rid of a lot Anderson, a lot of players now that and not replace them. Yeah, you know, and so we've just weakened. The and squad subsequently, at the now have the lowest amount of players in the squad throughout the entire Premier League now. Yeah. And so we, and so unless we sign championship players which I've been told we will, then what are we going to do? I mean, we have to talk about Tamori of Chelsea. Yeah. Because my biggest concern is the amount of players that just don't see West Ham as an attractive option. Um, Tamori, broken by yourself. Uh, we tried to sign him at the death, like you say. Reports suggest, and we'll get clarity from you, that we offered Chelsea a generous fee for letting us have him. Um, he himself is not a regular at Chelsea. He obviously lives in London, so wouldn't have to relocate. It was an opportunity to play regular Premier League football. So a good move for both parties, in my opinion, yet he turned us down. Never... Has there been an example of West Ham being such an unattractive club to go and play football for? Because it ticks every box for Tamora, you would have thought. Mm. Especially when he ain't going to get game time at Chelsea. You know, luckily, a lot of players that want to play football end up getting farmed out to the Championship or to League One. Or if you're at a decent level, uh, overseas. Mm. But here, he's going to be... You know, he ain't going to have to move. It's going to be a short journey for him to go to West Ham. He's going to play week in, week out. Really try and make a name for himself. Jesus Christ, we're not talking about a permanent signing. It's not as if he's sitting there thinking, well, what if it don't work out? He doesn't even want to come to us on loan. Now, I know you're probably going to cover this in your section, but as it's in context of the conversation, can you tell us what the fuck happened I there? can tell the complete narrative of this transfer. Um, obviously, it's a shame it isn't in my section because it was going to come, um, but it doesn't matter when I say it. People, it might give those that just tune in for my section. Uh, Cheeky uh, bastard. <laughs> the lesson that they need to listen to. <laughs> to the rest of it it's, it's not just about me you know you, you are part of this you know Dave is not just for Christmas yeah I don't just make the tea yeah, and no, sweep exactly. up afterwards you know he does add a contribution you know maybe it's not as great as mine but he does make some contributions you know, he's, he's real input comes afterwards in the editing stage um, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, what was I saying? Fucking now? fair, put, isn't it? Tamori. Yeah, this is my revenge for the top. And Tamori. So basically, we put in offers left, right, and centre, as I've already covered. Um, we tried to get players that day, nothing turned um, fruitful. And then a development happened because Rud- Rudiger, um, your fucking centre back in fantasy. The prick that didn't play at the weekend. Um, he. He basically, his move to Tottenham fell through. So then, um, or oh, Milan, I think, were interested as well. As far as I know, he didn't sign for anyone, did he, from memory? But anyway, whatever happened, I think it fell through. And so therefore, they were like, right, we've got him. We've got 
too many centre backs here because they signed Thiago Silva. They've got Christiansen. They've got um, Zuma. You know, they've got a lot of options at centre back. So they were like, right, well, we got we can let one of these go. So right near the end of the the deadline day, he suddenly gets offered to West Ham. Um, Zamora and and he speaks to David Sullivan and David Sullivan's like yeah I'm going to get involved in this obviously this is you know I started to break this on Twitter got picked up do you see what's on a side note what Sky uh, that Caval yeah I did see is. it I did like, see it this has come yep. from a, a, a West uh, from a, a well placed source who's often accurate but he is a West Ham fan yeah the, the caveat to that I think is what you said the caveat to that is that yeah, he's a West Ham exactly. fan last transfer window show he named me Mm. Uh, so I don't know mm. why yeah. this transfer show I couldn't be named yeah I don't know the thing is I think the problem is that I don't actually fucking tell him he just reads the Twitter line oh, and then really? puts it out. I never messaged him nah. admittedly in the past I've tried to give him a bit of a help sometimes and told him some stories that are true and he's ran them and I've said he can run, run them as his own but in that was a while ago these ones now sometimes he names me sometimes he doesn't yeah. in this case he didn't for some bizarre reason but um, I love the bit as well that I tweeted at 10 50. I don't know you saw this that Tamori was off and then they said on Sky and just at 10.50 yeah. and yeah. it hadn't finished at 10.50 it had finished at about 10.30 obviously yeah. the time I'd heard it it's just ridiculous how, I, mean, I don't know how why they don't I just, say, I just don't know why they don't name me or the papers or wherever they get their info yeah from. well they just want to take all the credit for it don't yeah, they? they might so. say sources but if you don't name them it's still going to come from Sky Sports yeah, isn't it? Exactly. so I think they know what they're doing yeah anyway um, on, so anyway to go back to the story so he was off to us now he was offered to David Sullivan David Sullivan was like yeah I'll take him England international prospect you know uh, good player pace he's got a lot of pace um, he's the second fastest player at Chelsea apparently behind um, Werner the new signing oh, really yeah that's from my Chelsea sources yeah. you know, no I like him Chelsea employee that I yeah. am um, so yeah apparently he's the second fastest so a bit of pace to the back line is uh, always a good addition he's quite a strong chap as well so you know I think David Sullivan and people are going to say oh bullshit this is spin from David Sullivan but I actually heard this story from the Chel- from Zamori himself via someone else so this story's actually come to me from Chelsea sources so there's no reason for them to lie about this mm. in terms of West Ham um, so apparently he was offered to David Sullivan David Sullivan took him said to Moyes I've got him for you the deal is we have to pay a bit of a loan fee but the main thing is we every time he doesn't play for West Ham, so every time he doesn't start for West Ham, we have to pay fifty thousand pounds. So who? we pay Chelsea. So we pay Chelsea fifty thousand pounds right. every time he doesn't start for us. So it's basically okay. they they weren't too bothered about much for loan fee because at the end of the day, how much are you gonna pay? Let's say we paid two, three million for him, that makes fucking no difference to, mm. to Chelsea, does it? They're more but interested in, in him getting play, experience. They want him to get experience, they want him to play in the Premier League. Okay, so that yeah, was the deal. Yeah, logical. So you can see why they do yeah, it, it makes yeah. sense on their part. So we'd have to pay fifty thousand every time he didn't. And um David Moyes didn't I guess like the pressure as such of that having to make, basically select him or lose money every week although in the grand scheme of things why does he care because it's not that much money it's crazy, um, isn't it? and apparently when Zamori spoke to uh Tamori, I keep going Zamori, don't I? <laughs> Jeez, what is wrong with me and names? That's a cross between him and Zuma. It's a nightmare. And, like, uh, and uh, Tamori, he when he spoke to David Moyes, he wasn't impressed. Apparently, he was. He David Moyes didn't sound particularly enthusiastic. He couldn't guarantee him that he would start. Really, he couldn't guarantee you know much about 
what was going to happen to him at West Ham, whether we'd be interested in keeping him beyond that. It was basically like, kind of like a very unenthusiastic conversation. <sighs> now, this has came to me from Chelsea sources. So people are going to say, oh, bollocks, that's David Sullivan's spin. I swear, swear down, it is not. It's come from Chelsea. I've already proven I've got Chelsea contacts. That's why I was able to break that story and then break when it was off because I was getting it firsthand from the player himself. I say firsthand, secondhand, about from the player directly and uh, and that was through Chelsea sources so it's not spin by Sullivan that is the story wow. I'll tell you when it's spin from Sullivan but that one was genuinely so West Ham wanted Tamori Tamori wanted to come to West Ham yeah, until but... he spoke to Fanta Pubes and he fucked it up essentially yeah and also I think you know he he's coming to West Ham if it was like let's say if it was Manchester United or dare I say it Tottenham even if he'd been given the deal that West Ham were giving him he might have been a bit more accepting of it because he was said like okay they're a top side I can't just expect to get into the mm. team but when he's making I hate to say it but a step down to come to West Ham effectively mm. from Chelsea you want to be guaranteed that you're going to play um, and well, you want, not... this comes down to man management again though doesn't it mm. you know if you've got a play like that which I mean listen I don't want to speak for every fan out there I for one was excited by the prospect I like him and that's exactly what he is he's a prospect who can do a job in the Premier League now and we're at the 11th hour we're Fred Bear in the squad for central defenders so if I'm David Moyes I'm going to do everything I can to make this player feel a million dollars when he gets on that assuming it's a Zoom call for example because he wouldn't have met in person you'd make him feel like a million dollars Work on his ego and make him feel like he's going to be a massive, massive David part Moyes of this didn't season. Want him, mate. If it was a David Moyes target, so David Moyes didn't want him. It was all David Sullivan that did that deal. So even though he brought the deal to David Moyes, David Moyes actually didn't well, want that's him. That's why he wasn't enthusiastic and didn't make and didn't promise him first team. Well, that's that. to me is even more concerning because mm. you're at the eleventh hour. But he thinks he's going to get a championship defender, doesn't he, that he's more interested Right, in. so maybe there's more to it then. This maybe, in the... his mind, he knows he's going to sign a championship player for the long term that he thinks is better than Samori. Yes. If that's the case, I can understand. Yeah. If we don't now go and sign a fucking championship centre-half that is half-decent, yeah. I'm going to have the right needle about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Me too. And, um, you know... <laughs> I think it was a bad move not signing him. I don't think you can. And why don't David Moyes just say no? I don't want him, David. Why is he then wasting his own time and Tamori's time on a call negotiating? For it then to break down. I guess if he'd had that conversation with Tamori and he'd said to him, listen, fella, I can't promise you you're going to start every week. I can't promise you that your first name on a team sheet. I don't know what the prospects are for you going forward. You know, come if you want type thing. And Tamori had said, oh, never mind. Yeah, sod it. I'll still come. We would have been ended up with him. But Tamori has apparently turned around and gone, fuck it. I'm not impressed with the manager. I wanted more enthusiasm yeah. for my signing so I don't want to go so if this story is legit and there's no legit. doubt there's no doubt that Mate, it is there's I'm no not doubting if, that. if you don't not, not you but I mean the listener because I will get people saying that's bollocks if you don't believe me on anything if you think I'm the biggest bullshit merchant there was if you're going to believe me on one thing believe me on this because it can, it can, unless the player was lying to his best mate 
who then told me why why would he be lying and then this and then david sullivan afterwards has backed this story up uh, uh, so but i heard it from someone else first so there's there's no there's no chance it isn't true no so okay so let's say that it definitely is legit david sullivan has publicly said on more than one occasion I don't pick the players. David Moyes picks the players. And if he wants them, we'll work with it. We'll try and get it over the line. That's clearly bollocks then. He's, he's clearly lying again because he's the one that brokered the deal for Tamori without David Moyes even wanting him through the door. But if you remember correctly on the podcast last week, that's exactly what I said when David um, Sullivan did his interview on Talk Sport mm. when we were criticising that interview. And I said to you then, and you know, people said we analysed that conversation quite well. My main point coming out of that was... He says, you know, we we had Pellegrini and Hazilios. We took that gamble where you fans told me not to do this. We're going back to basics where, you know, David Moyes is in charge. And, you know, we're going back to what it was beforehand, which was a joke because beforehand David Sullivan was in charge of transfers on the whole anyway. So that's what I said last week. If you remember, he's saying basically that they've gone back to him being in charge of recruitment as well as David Moyes. He says the manager picks the players but then he gives him players that mm. he's recruiting yeah and so it is still yeah, he's got a history of it it's still 50 50 but it's still i would say much more control than most chairmen have over yeah. transfers yeah god how frustrating and to be honest i feel so frustrated with our chairman and our manager um yes there's been some great signings through the door and we can't overlook that you know suchek bowen kufau in recent times brilliant but, you know, stories like this really, really wind me up. And then, ultimately, we're left with such a light squad now. Um, it really is a concern across the board, really, at West Ham. It, and recruitment's a massive part of that. I, I want to talk about Jack Wilshere because you were the one to break the fact that the club were going to let him go. That has happened. Yeah. Um, when he left, he released a statement and... I've just taken a, a piece of that statement that I just wanted to run past you. I'm sure you've seen it. Everyone's seen it. And he says, Unfortunately, despite all my best efforts and intentions, it has not worked out as I had expected. I have been fully fit for a large period of time at the club, including over the course of the last eight months, training hard every day, but unfortunately have not been given the opportunity to play. He then goes on to say, although I am of course frustrated that I will not be able to fully showcase what I'm capable of at West Ham, I remain confident that I can contribute at the very top of the game. Um, and then he goes on to big himself up a little bit more. What was your reaction when you saw that statement? Um, that he's bullshitting yeah. and that he's trying to get himself a new club. I'm pleased um, you said that. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I don't know if I said again, sorry, if people have listened to the podcast I did yesterday because I did say this on that as well. But um, if you remember, I think it was Owen Hargreaves. He was released by Man U or Man City or so. I know he played for Man U, but I don't know if he it was them or after that that he did this video where he'd been released. You know, Owen Hargreaves was known yes. as always being injured. And he did this video of him like doing gym work and shuttle runs and stuff and he put it out there like I'm in the best shape I've ever been because yeah. he was trying to get get a club yeah. and so Jack Wilshire knows full well that people looking at what's just happened they see West Ham West Ham paid 80% of his remaining contract off right so he so that and you know his contract's up at the end of the year yeah so that shows what he how he was valued at West Ham the fact that we're going to take that much of a financial so does that come out the Grady money 
Um, possibly, yeah, or Hajeti, yeah, Hugo, whatever you want to look at it. Yeah, it probably has come out of that. And they paid all that money uh, um, to release him. He he knows what that looks like to the, yeah. to a potential club. So they're like, fuck, he must be so injured and just nowhere near as good as he used to be. So he's come out and said, I was available for eight months and I'm in the best shape I've ever been because he's looking for a club. Now, yes, there's been times when I know, and I think I said it again last week, that players have said he should be selected um he's a really good player in training blah 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 blah. so there probably have been times that he was available and hasn't been selected but over that eight month period yeah you, you you're talking obviously if you take the summer out of that because obviously you can't play any games in the summer you you're going back to like november time roughly yeah in that time we've had carlos sanchez playing we've had like players out of position we've had all sorts of stuff um so i think you know and he hasn't even made the bench i think he would have been on the bench at least if he was fit and i'm sure i'm sure on instagram it'd be interesting to go and check back or twitter one of them that he said things like back in training can't wait to get going again i'm sure he said things like that within the last eight months um and so fucking unbelievable i think, I think it's a big big in yourself up. i tried to get him on the podcast i don't know if you yeah i saw that, that. Yeah, do, do you know I, there was there was one reason why I didn't go to town on him a little bit on the back of that statement. It's because I didn't want to damage the chances of him coming on the podcast. Little did we know he'd then go and sign for Rangers and it ain't going to happen now. Yeah, I I believe so. Because I tweeted that out. I tweeted out that he... um that, he, that there was interest and there was definitely... Because I haven't been on Twitter today. Right. Because of work. I saw it on Twitter. If I read it right, he's there. Oh, okay. Because I was the one that, again, broke that. Right. And I said that... Um, oh, yeah, he's on the sun... Fucking hell, boom. That's another experience. Yeah, there you I go. I didn't realise about Yeah, there um, you go. So, um, yeah, he, uh, he um, yeah, he's going to go and sign for them. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I thought exactly the same as you. I thought he's taken a liberty year. He's taken the piss out of West Ham for his entire time here, earning a shitload of money. And yes, no player wants to be injured. But we've said about, we've said this before, with Jack Wilshere, if you're someone that's cropped and you're on a lot of money, you want to be keeping your head down, really. Mm. You don't want to bring too much attention to yourself because it's quite obvious that whether you intend to or not, you're taking the club for a ride, really, yeah. earning that amount of money. Mm. So when you see him jumping out of a washing machine, doing silly fucking jokes on his teammates, and that's all you're seeing from Jack Wilshere for £100,000 a week, personally gave me the right time. I don't know what he'd done for every other fan. So I think he's taken the piss out of West Ham now during his whole time. Mm. I now think he's taken the piss out of David Moyes. Mm. Because like you, I don't believe that he's been fully fit. And And I think that, yes, of course, the main motivation for him writing that statement was to basically put it out publicly that I'm only 28, I've been fully fit, look at what I've done, I'm still hungry, I still want to play. He wants to get another club, that's obvious. But by doing that, he's shitting on David Moyes as well because he's saying, I've been available and you chose to let me go. You chose not to choose me in that team. You chose not to select me in that team when I was fully fit. Yeah. Now, there's already a little bit of a shall we say, borderline unhealthy relationship between David Moyes and the fans. So for him to come out and say that, 
he's taking a bit of a gamble there. He could really, really throw David Moyes under a bus there. Yeah. And the fans, if they gave a shit about Jack Wilshere, which I don't think they do, could have fucking really, really gone to town on Moyes over there. Yeah. And that's not fair either. No. So I don't like the way he's conducted himself since he's been at West Ham. No. Good fucking riddance as far as I'm concerned. He's mm. a fucking crock. And it makes you laugh. He gives it the big and like he's some sort of well-beater and he's available to the next fucking taker. Well, that next taker's in fucking Rangers in Scotland. Number one, he won't play because he's always injured. And number two, if he does play, it's a fucking two-team league that's fucking all shit anyway. So that's the end. Anymore, is it? No, it's exactly. It's not so even a two-team. So now. who gives a shit? Who gives mm. a shit about Jack Wilshere? Um, and once again, I'm left reflecting on someone that's taken the piss out of my football club for two years. Yeah. But what I will say is if there is an element, an element of truth in that, I'm also pissed off that we've decided to now release Jack Wilshere when we've got pff, next to no central midfielders now. No. If Suchek or Rice, who are outstanding footballers, get injured or suspended, we've then got to look at Mark Noble or Robert Snodgrass. Connor Coventry. Connor Coventry. Yeah, but then Connor's not... You know, he's still a kid. He's not a, a an experienced pro. He's not no. a senior player. No. You know, you, 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 player, you're looking though. at... Yeah, no doubt. But mm-hmm. I, to be fair, X, I've yet to see it. No. I, I don't doubt a word you've said. You've also bigged up Nathan Holland because he's ripped up under 25. I've never seen him rip it up at Premier League level. He's never played at Premier League level. Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. But, and, and so until I do see that, I can't get enthusiastic about Connor Coventry coming in for Declan Rice or Thomas Suchek, Fair who enough. play at the top of their game week in, week out. Yeah. Now, I would rather a fit Jack Wilshere, like he was a couple of weeks ago when he played a full 90 minutes, by the way. I'd rather he came in as the first choice probably even over Mark Noble, if I'm brutally honest, should we lose Declan or Thomas? Because they are box-to-box midfielders, and Jack is more in that mould than Mark Noble is, for example. So if there's an element of truth in that, why have we let him go now? And how, I mean, you could say as he passed a medical at West Ham, as he passed a medical at Rangers. I don't know who does these fucking medicals, honestly. Mm, I mean, he's not actually signed for Rangers yet. He's in sort of talk. It's like basically people reporting um, what I've said. Okay, uh, so it's, it's, not in, fi- it's not been finalised no, yet. He's in advance. Uh, the, the headline here on the Sun, maybe you believe them or not, is that he's in advance talks. And then in the Scottish Daily Record, Jack Wilshire transfer momentum as Rangers' hot favourites to land him. So, I mean, you know, they could essentially mm. be just using what I yeah, said. F- f- fair enough. So yeah, maybe. Certain, okay, so I that's mean, not definite. I mean, the interest is definitely there in him because he, um, he uh, I wouldn't have said it if there no. was no interest. No, but then again, we've let Josh Cullen go. Now, I can't sit here as a fan and say, well, I'm absolutely devastated to lose Josh Cullen because again, whilst he's had some decent games at West Ham, He's never ripped up any trees. I'm sad because he's a West Ham fan mm. and I think he'd be desperate to succeed at, at the club. If he was 17, 18, I'd probably be furious by now. But he is 24 years of age. That said, again, we've let him go out the door. Moyes apparently sees him as a lower championship player, was the quote I was given, in terms of ability. And do you know what? He might be right. But why not keep him in the squad for the rest of the season in case we get desperate? Because all I hear about now is how desperate we are for defenders. But we've only got two box-to-box midfielders. And given the formation and the system that we play, we are heavily reliant on those two box-to-box midfielders. If one of them drops out, 
we're fucked mm. because we've got Mark Noble or Robert Snodgrass or we'd have to take a gamble and give it to a Conor Coventry. But at this stage, that's what it would be. It would be a gamble. But you would lose that energy, that athleticism. If you replace Declan Rice with Mark Noble, you would do. Mm. So why not at least leave yourself with some options with senior players to come in if we lose either one of those players? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And now, again, like I say, to repeat myself, I now hear about all these defenders we want to sign. Why aren't we looking at more central midfield options? We are going to in the channel. Right, OK, so we'll, so we'll come to your section yeah, in a yeah. second. OK, well, I hope to God we do, because, like I say... I'm but not... I agree with you, mate. I'm sorry to interrupt there, but I do agree. And we yeah. have to sign players, because we have... You know, you haven't even mentioned Anderson there. You know, we've thrown no. out another player. So, you know, you think about the transfer window. I need the list in front of me. But you've got the, you know, Kefau come in. And at the moment, you've got Hugo, Ajeti. Obviously, we lost Zabaleta and Sanchez earlier because we didn't renew their contracts you got Anderson um, you've got Wilshire you got Cullen um, that's seven um, uh, Ngakia mm. that's eight mm. eight players did you say Dean Garner uh, no, I didn't. So nine. That's nine players yeah. that um, have or potentially could have played this year. Yeah. We've got rid of and we brought one player yeah. in instead. It's just craziness. Mm. It's absolutely craziness. Um, in the interest of time, let's let's move on. I think I made myself clear on Jack Wilshere. Philip Anderson has joined Porto, as you just said. Yeah. Um, does it make sense? Um, it's a season loan. We've yep. got a decent fee for him. Do you know what I the fee was? Uh, I think it was something like three, four million, I think. But that's a guess. I haven't checked that one out, to be fair. I'm guessing on that one. But it's a, it's a sizable one. Um, he's, um, I think, majority of his wages are being paid as well. Um, so he is uh, hopefully going to go there. Recapture his form, playing. I assume they're in the Champions League. They usually are playing the Champions League. Um, if he was registered in time, I think he was just maybe. Um, they're gonna. Uh, well, certainly he'll play the, for the top club in Portugal, pretty much. Mm. Um, get hopefully get his confidence rebuilt. Either secure a move away from us but for a better fee than we would have got. Because remember, no one would sign him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or he comes back to West Ham and he's mm. a better player for it. Um. I do kind of understand it if we get a replacement. You yeah. know, technically, we could still sign Ben Rahima from Brentford. I don't think we will at this point because they want a large fee for him. And I'm just not confident we'll ever pay a large fee. But technically, we could. Um, and then it doesn't seem so bad. Then it all comes down to who, whether we sign him on the championship. We've got two weeks, I think, roughly, maybe just under to do this. Mm. I have been told the offers are in. Um, I think Anderson, every time he came on or played in the Premier League, didn't really no. look like oh, I was sick player. of him, to be honest with yeah. you. I was, again, all of these players we're talking about going out the door, I wouldn't normally be bothered about them going out the door. It's because no one's come in. Yeah, this is the problem. The problem. Yeah. And, and do you know what's going to be interesting, actually, as a side note, is I wonder if the bold are interested in him recapturing his form or his value. 
And by that, I mean, yeah, I do know, they yeah. want him to go back to his best so mm. that he can come back to West Ham and mm. be his old self? Mm. Or mm. do they want him to be back to his best to bring his value back up so they can get him out the door? Yeah, yeah. It's be hard. interesting to see what happens. Well, either way, they benefit, don't they? So they do. there's a yeah. no-lose situation for them in that respect. His value is only going to decrease at West Ham. Moyes doesn't rate mm. him. Moyes mm. doesn't think he's got the right um, attitude to be a, the sort of player he wants. Um, so he was only going to rot away on a subs bench at best and so this way he's going to play I assume uh, he's going to uh, hopefully if he plays well he's going to get some form of value back either way if he if it's to West Ham which I doubt or as a sell on which I say is more likely it's going to be a better option than the bench at West Ham mm. well talking of transfers last week I made the decision to swap Kante for Jorginho in the West Ham way Premier League football competition uh, and for those who listen to the show you might remember X trying to publicly humiliate me <laughs> over this decision by stating he doesn't even get a game for Chelsea uh, X would you do us the honours and firstly tell people if he did play and secondly tell us how he got on <laughs> such a cock <laughs> <laughs> look I need to I need to I need to address this now because this is this is like as I said earlier the man fucking cracked Vegas seriously he was you meant to come out of Vegas losing money this guy came out of Vegas with two or three grand up from a stupid horse racing game that had like plastic figures it's only stupid like, because you fucking lost two no, or three grand I, I actually no I actually because of you I actually made some yeah, money on it that so is true because I just copied you yeah, well. yeah. so I, t- I did make some money on it so, so I'm not actually that bitter but I'm looking at your team now right so the, the guys like that play fancy football you can understand this right so buckle up everyone so the man has three out of three Liverpool players a keeper and two defenders bit of bad luck for so me has, actually really when well, you think no, about it no because he has Alisson <laughs> Alexander-Arnold who's his vice captain so almost got the captain's armband and Van Dijk Van Dijk gets minus two points Alexander Arnold gets minus one, so Allison's going to get minus points, but Allison doesn't play. So he skips that out, and then his subkeeper gets zero. So actually, by not playing a keeper, <laughs> he's done better off than actually having a goalkeeper in goal. Yeah. So then let's go to the biggest bit of luck. So okay. Chilwell was his third sub. Okay. Yeah. Third Great sub. Great signing for me, Ben. Third sub. Great so signing. Right, signed him when Always he was, knew he'd do well for me. Signed him when he was injured, so you've got to question that. I'm in it for the long term, mate. I'm in it for the long term. Okay, third sub. So Rudik, he, so he's starting back three are Alexander-Arnold, Van Dijk. You know, you can't argue with that usually to Liverpool defenders. Mm-hmm. And then he's then he's got Rudiger, who he's wrongly assumed would play for Chelsea. Um, so <laughs> he's got Rudiger in, but obviously Rudiger doesn't play. So then your first sub comes in, but that's a midfielder and he doesn't play. Either, yeah, so he knew that. Knew Ben had come straight in, actually. And then, so then Quite he, proud of that. So then his second sub is should come in, who's Tompkins, and he's a defender, so should replace him but mm. oh no Tompkins is injured mm. so we go down to the third sub Chilwell who happens to have got a goal and an assist and a clean sheet and no, 18 called it. fucking points called it. you didn't call it because you stuck him on the fucking bench and he, he came impact in impact sub through, impact through, sub you did 
that's not how it works. <laughs> you don't physically bring them on. They come, they come on if they're injured. And then, so, so then, you know, like I said, Jorginho, the guy was fucking pimped out, left, right and centre, over the window. Clearly no more than you do then, mate. They don't I? Who's the real Chelsea the, ITK in this room? They wanted to sell him. They offered him to so many clubs. We're uh, into Milan. They were begging to take him. They were offering him all around the place. But no, no one will take him. So they play him. More for them. Because I could see something in him. They clearly couldn't. I knew it. My words to you last week were, I picked him because he's on penalties. You did. And then you went, we don't fucking play. (laughs) And then lo and behold, Saturday comes. My notifications on my phones are fucking blowing up, (laughs) laughing their bollocks off, saying, I hope you kept Jorginho. (laughs) Mate, you must have been seething. I must admit, I was seething. There was part of me that did see the funny side because I thought, I have completely mugged myself (laughs) right off here. So I did see the funny side in fairness. But we'll we'll keep going. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Yeah, let's keep going because obviously... Aston Villa at home to to Liverpool, so he's, yeah, he's fancied him that night. No, 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 you didn't because you picked three Liverpool defenders, <laughs> so you didn't think Aston Villa would score, right? Yet, if you can't make free transfers in one week though can you, you so could, I had to keep someone no, you could if you wanted to you just have to pay points or do your wild card ah, see, I, d- I don't really know what I'm doing see, I'm still winning crazy world we live in it, but anyway so he's got his free he's got his keeper he's two Liverpool defenders because he thinks Liverpool going to keep a clean sheet but because he's got no other players because they're all injured hence why Chilwell came in he's got Grealish right at home good player. to his defender good player then, to his always going to cause some trouble who then Grealish. got 24 points yeah it's pleased right? for Jack <laughs> against the team he put the Liverpool defenders out for, right? So he's got 24 fucking points against Liverpool. And Aston Villa have beaten Liverpool seven fucking two. So he scored two goals, got three assists, and then got three bonus Manager of the month. Manager of the month. Seriously. Fucking fans love me down at Code Red Rangers, you know. (laughs) And then he's got Antonio, fair enough, eight points. And then he's got Vardy. And And he's scored 80 fucking points. And then I go to my team, right, you know, nice little range here <laughs> Arsenal at home Sheffield United Sheffield United haven't scored all season got Arsenal's keeper fucking lets a shitty go in then I've got um, you know Boy Miang in midfield Arsenal's top scorer last season one of the top scorers in the Premier League at home Sheffield United two fucking points and then I've got Greenwood Man United forward on fire Sunday, in a poor team down as a in a poor team two fucking points then I've got Salah who got 13 points not the same player he was and then I've got Calvert-Lewin and I just look at this and I think my team is not as good as mine no it should have been it should have been I don't know what is happening in the football world but anyway moving on to the predictions <laughs> do you think this bothers him anyone listening to this show Maybe I will win well, 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 well I, I will win fantasy football I will, I will say the worst fighting talk um, no, but you know true. I've got to say mate you've only won one week and that was the opening week since then I've been absolutely flying in a game that I don't really understand. I mean, I've got to say, this along with some other astute team selections uh, got me a week, <laughs> a weekly total of 80 points compared to X's 50, which after game four leaves me on 240 points and poor old X lagging behind on 192. That's right. X, the man who's been playing this game for 20 years, as opposed to myself, who's been playing for 20 minutes, is now 51 points behind me. In terms of the West Ham Way Premier League Predictions League, fair play to X, he is still ahead of me. Although, I did make some ground at the weekend. X moved from 190th to 152nd, but I moved 
to 187th from 276. So there are now just 35 places separating us out of nearly a 1,000 players. So I'm coming for you, Sunshine. Well, I'm, I'm making it a, a clean sweep. Let's talk about this game, right? So, so Dave invented this game. <laughs> and he, he knows the intricate rules of how each team is scoring. And he, and he, and he created it. So I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually beating him at his own game. And, and the thing is, even, even on the prediction leagues, right? So a week, a week, where Liverpool lose 7-2 away to Aston Villa Tottenham beat Manchester United 6-1 at Old Trafford mm. Leicester we win 3-0 there freak results left right and centre what do you know I still Dave, called it Dave it's, wins that week yeah when unbelievable fucking random yeah. shit is going on I impress Dave myself wins. sometimes Mate, really you're fluky in the toughest of right. weeks I still Tell, deliver do it now Tell everyone the lottery numbers, do it, and someone will make money. Go. Well, the, the only 50. reason I'm not going to do that is because obviously, uh, if I did that, then I'd have to share you, the winnings, you don't wouldn't pay I? The lottery, win some people some money. Go. <laughs> name them six numbers. Go. I bet you he'll win you some money. Go. Pick randomly. Go. Well, I'd rather not because I don't want to encourage gambling on this show. Oh yeah, right. You if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd like to. I'll tell you off air, obviously, okay, but I don't right. really want to encourage gambling. We got younger listeners, and you know, I don't think it's the right thing to do, mate. If I'm honest, so, um, no, I will win fancy for. <laughs> mark my words, mark my fucking for words. the sake of your mental health, part of me wants you to win fantasy football. Support for the West Ham Way is brought to you by Manscaped. Who are the best in below-the-waist men's grooming? Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. <laughs> it's time to create your own story for your new handsome-looking Corey. <laughs> Let your bollocks shine just like mine. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball head trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 in the UK. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. And when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. So if you're a bit of a Chewbacca, you can take a longer shave and the waterproof technology also allows you to groom in the shower. Uh, one of the best features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trim. And they've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM stroke technology so you will no longer sound like you're shaving with a chainsaw uh, if you're listening to me now I want you to experience this for yourself the grooming products I mean not, not shaving with a chainsaw um, get 20% off and free shipping with the code WEST at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code WEST to make your testies your besties and remember lads the shorter the grass the bigger the tree um <laughs> Talking to Bellins. <laughs> what can you tell us, mate? Um, I can tell you that uh, DS loves checks, as you um, uh, sort of alluded to earlier. Um, but in comical value, he he uh, thinks that they are. Um, great value for money. Uh, that he's got a good relationship with one club, Slava Prague. Um, and apparently he tried to sign a sense back very late in the window. For, that's also check. Um, what I find funny 
is that we really seem to judge players that we sign on their nationality sometimes now I've had it said to me before that David Sullivan doesn't think Russians adapt very well to the Premier League um he's also said um like I think it was Dutch people Dutch players he made a reference to can't remember if it was positive or not positive and now he seems to have it in his head that Czech players make good signings now, as I said <laughs> with the two we have signed you know fair enough but I yeah. just find it funny that he can base yeah. a whole of his transfer recruitment of a whole nation based on two people <laughs> you know it's just a, it's strange and obviously we had the whole African mayhem um, yeah. in the past yeah. um, and that was where we dismissed the whole continent um, based on <laughs> based on a few players so it's just a it's just a strange strange uh, way of looking at yeah, things, I think. Just. so but you know it's West Ham and what what would we expect we expect <laughs> yeah. that um, so um, we're gonna be um, looking to sign championship players obviously um, because that's all that we can sign now or free transfer players now we have put in bids for a number of players. I think the usual send bids everywhere approach is now in play for championship players. Now I'm going to go through a few players that I know that we've at least shown some interest in and these will be potential signings that could come. Okay. Oh, I'm obviously not for one second saying we're going to sign all of these players because mm. there's about 10 that I'm about to go through. After but, you've given the 10, are you able to then name the most likely or at this stage are they as likely as each other? Um, I think there's some that are obviously more likely than others. Um, so I could, but at this point, you know, with West Ham, at one point, you know, who I would have said is the most likely centre back would suddenly change yeah. a couple of days later. You with our negotiations, if you'd <laughs> asked me at ten o'clock on transfer deadline day, the, the one that's just gone, who the most likely person to sign um, for West Ham would have been, I'd have told you um, Tamori. If you'd asked me at 10.20 I would have said not tomorrow so that's how quickly yeah. things can change but um, obviously targets now I mentioned him before Ben Rahima Ben Rahama at Brent, Brentford we've really liked him before um, we've watched him he is a player that we do like I don't know whether we'll pay their fee Brentford's owner does not like negotiating with West Ham numerous times in the past we have possibly undervalued his players and made bids that haven't been um, up to scratch. Scott Hogan was one. Uh, ben Rahim has one. Um, Rico Henry is another player that we could look to sign. He's also there. He's a left back. Um, Watkins obviously has joined Aston Villa now, but he is someone that we'd inquired about before. So we've got a bit of a history um, of players that we uh, would like to sign. Do you know what they want for Benarima? Uh, I think they're looking at almost thirty million for him. Right. Mate. Um, um, do you so, know how far we're prepared to go? Um, I don't know whether we'd go for thirty million because at the end of the day, they'll go down the route that he's never played for. Um, played for in the Premier League really um, so they'll go down that route yeah. uh, uh, another player from Brentford that we like is um, Josh De Silva now, he's actually an Ilford lad um, used to play for Arsenal um, Arsenal Academy he's an England under 21 player he's a good player for Brentford central midfielder he's someone that we also have looked at so there's a number of players from um, Brentford if you trace back tweets that you know I've said many times we've scouted players from there yeah. um, so it wouldn't be a surprise if we maybe look at Henry um, De Silva 
or Ben Rahima. But I think, again, the prices are going to be the key factor. I don't know whether he'll go for Henry because Moyes, I've been told, feels that he is too small, which I've said <laughs> before on this podcast, which is a bit random because he's a left back. Don't mm. really make much difference. And I think also with Masaraku now, I, I would be surprised if we went for him. But the other players there... I'd say Ben Rahim is probably too expensive unless they reduce their amount that they want for him. I don't know how much we'd be prepared to pay for Josh De Silva and whether they would be prepared to sell him either. But he's someone that we have liked before. Uh, Manning at QPR, again, there's been interest in him. He is, again, a left-back, left-winger. So whether that's a position that we need... I'm not sure if you said at the start of the window, what position do we need? Everyone would have said left back, but with this new formation, mm-hmm. don't know. But he is someone that we have shown an interest in and he would do well in a wing back system. Um, Roden is the centre back from Swansea. Uh, Welsh international who Tottenham are trying to sign on deadline day now. I, Again, I sorry to keep reiterating past news that I've said, but I don't like to, like you know, just repeat myself. But it's just current. Um, I, we were interested in him. The club were thought that he would be worth around thirty million. I had it on good authority that he'd be available for about twelve to fifteen. It looks like Tottenham offered less than that. Um, and Swansea kind of holding out for eighteen. And the message I got from David Sullivan when I did email him about this player was that he'll be good in a year. <laughs> now I don't really know what to take from that you know if he's going to be good in a year why not sign him now you know maybe have him on the bench say as a centre back and then develop him and then in a year's time if he is good in a year well then you've got a good centre back so um, I think that there's interest in him Dawson said it throughout the summer it's now very widely reported that he's uh, an interest a key thing to note here Ben Rahima and Dawson are Will Salthouse players there's more on the list to come Shot. that are Will Salthouse players um Brooks is a Will Salthouse player he's a midfielder for Bournemouth I'd say his transfer is probably unlikely um, but he's someone that we could get Stanislas of Bournemouth the ex-West Ham player yeah. uh, could be um, available as well um, Grant is a forward for Huddersfield um, scored quite a few goals to them looks quite a handful we have watched him a couple of times I'd imagine he'll probably be too expensive to be a third chi- choice forward so I can't see that happening another player at Bournemouth Josh Joshua King um Norwegian international uh he was on Man United's books at one point scored quite a few goals for Bournemouth in the last couple of years he's they are desperate to get him off the books at Bournemouth his wages are very high and um, obviously they're a championship club now they've even said which is, would be like a golden nugget to Sullivan that they'd accept <laughs> it the deal in installments so you know he as a third choice striker he could also play on the wing as well he's someone that I think we that we would be interested in um uh but again, at Bournemouth, Lewis and Steve Cook, uh, I don't know if they're related. I'm not sure. They've certainly got the same surname. Steve Cook is a centre-back. Lewis is a midfielder. Steve Cook is also a sort-house player. Um, I'm not sure if Lewis Cook is or not. I can't remember, but Steve Cook definitely is. Um, the, as a, Again, I, I said at the start of the summer we would look at him as a guy at Swansea called Matt Grimes. Um, he's a midfielder. Uh, again, um, he's had a few interest over the summer from Watford I think didn't hasn't joined them uh, we have watched him uh, Joe Rolls plays for Cardiff he is also a midfielder again we've watched him before he missed a penalty against West Ham 
Um, playing for Cardiff under Pe- when we were under Pellegrini. Philip Billing, Bournemouth again is a central midfielder. He's played for Huddersfield. We were very close to signing him not long ago and um, before he joined Bournemouth. So he's someone that... Um, potentially is uh, someone that we would be looking at. And last but not least, Bradley Dack of Blackburn. We've watched him numerous times, goal-scoring midfielder. Um, obviously, we want a centre-back. So I would say Roden, if he doesn't join to Spurs. Dawson, Cook, players like that are probably the most likely, mainly due to their position. I think we will look to get a central midfielder because we've sold so many. Um, and possibly a forward a couple of players out of contract interestingly now i haven't had any indication that we would sign them but they are players that we have been linked with and could potentially um come to us if we put the right offer in i can't imagine we'd pay the wages for this player but he has been linked with us before mainly under billich because of the nationality but is mario manzukic she used to play for juventus was in abu dhabi i think um and has been released there he's on a free transfer and another mario mario goza scored the winning goal for germany in the world cup not long ago mm. he's a free transfer as well i can't imagine we would sign either of those because of the wages and the fact they've never played in the premier league and so on they are actually available which is interesting Danny Welbeck's been linked with us I've also been told with him there's a very small chance that we would be interested in him mainly because of his injuries he's another Wilshire on that respect um interestingly obviously as soon as these targets become more clear-cut and i know who we're narrowing down on i will i will start to tweet that um i'll make sure um i do as i said earlier thank you to everyone that gave me the best wishes over the last um few days it's been a challenging time the news that i got isn't ideal it's not great news but it's probably better than the worst case scenario which is the positive you've got to hold on to but thank you for everyone that did did say that i do intend to stick on with twitter i know i had four or five days off but i just needed a break um to comprehend what was going on now it's actually quite a good distraction doing this in some ways Mm. transfer deadline day Mm. when i obviously got the news it took my mind off things doing it so Mm. we'll see how we feel it's not a job i'm not paid for this but i do intend to carry on for the time being um ravel morrison um has joined adu den haag in holland now what a fall apart from his career um he's signed for them um in terms of players out for us Oladapu Afalanian. <laughs> easy for you to say. Yeah, well, it's not easy like most names. Uh, he's a 23-year-old forward. He's actually too old to play for the under-23s now. So they're going to look to obviously get him loaned out or um, purchased by someone because we, you know he's not going to play. We've been looking to get a club for Nathan Holland, preferably a championship club. You know He played for Wimbledon last year try and get him some experience at championship level but we've not had a taker yet Dejou and Cardoso are both Portuguese players they also have been um, said that they can go on loans uh, Cardoso especially he's the centre back we signed for three and a half million or whatever it was last summer and you think considering we're in need of a centre back yeah. we want a young centre back we have him um yeah he's not even in the reckoning as has I've he ever said, played for West Ham I think he's been on the bench a couple of times in the cup but I don't think he's ever got on the pitch and from what I've heard he's just not settled in England football wise apparently he's a nice guy but his ability 
is just not there. He rarely mm. even trains in the first team now. Um, so we'd look to loan him out, I think, the Portuguese window, as was shown by the fact that Anderson's now... Um, signed for uh, Porto is still open so he could go he could go back there um, to Portugal um, but at the moment there doesn't appear to a direct taker yet but there should be soon Wilshire, as you mentioned earlier looks like he could be on his way to Rangers MLS teams have always shown an interest a couple of other teams have um, as well but it does seem that Rangers because of Gerrard the fact they played together for England and stuff are a good um, bet for him to go there they seem to be one to four on for him to join so there's a chance that he will I don't think it's a done deal but it could do interestingly Wilshire never got on with Stuart Pearce um, Stuart Pearce when they were at England under 21s and I think Pearce was his manager they didn't see eye to eye and then when Pearce sort of advised and coached England he was never Wilshire's greatest fan I remember when Stuart Pearce was appointed as coach this second time round a lot of the players were a little bit unkeen on him coming. Uh, most of them seem to have forgotten about it. But Wilshire, I think, was one of the main ones that um, wasn't wasn't happy. So whether that had anything to do with his departure, probably not. But it's an interesting sort of side note to the to the saga, the takeover bid now conveniently secret agent appeared as transfer deadline shut claiming the reason West Ham didn't sell uh, sorry sign any players is because they want to not spend any money because they're going to sell up and the key thing for them was keeping hold of their main assets which are Declan Rice which we haven't talked about but amazing that he has yes. stayed really good news mm, um, mm. told you Chelsea fans that he wasn't going to join you this summer mm. just like the shit you gave me throughout the summer that he was um uh, well, I told unless a bid was made and they had to sell players um, I think if a bid had been made we might have had a different kettle of fish but anyway um and uh, Alaire and Diop, probably our three most valuable players, I guess. Um, and the, the secret agent fella has said that we didn't sell any of them because we need to keep hold of our assets. We didn't sell any of them because no one bid for them. I think if someone had bid 45 million for Alaire, or if someone had bid um, the same for Diop, maybe we would have taken it. So I, I don't think you can mm. say that as evidence. He also said that David Gold personally funded the signing of Kefau. Now, I can tell you categorically he didn't because he didn't even know who the player was on the day that he was signing. <laughs> so unless <laughs> <laughs> unless he's the greatest actor and this is you know people would turn around and say to me and they keep saying it to me in dms um yeah but that's because they don't they can't tell you the truth because there's non-disclosures in and and there's things that you know are trying that they have to cut they can't say why would they tell you blah 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 but david gold didn't know who the player was. and unless he's an amazing actor at 83 84 and he's playing the game he wouldn't have put money in for a right back he didn't even know of David Gold sold his FA Cup the other day I told you this story yeah. because he's in need of money why is he then going to pump back 
four, five million, five million, whatever it was, roughly, into signing a right back. If he then intends to sell the cut, it yeah. just doesn't make yeah, any no, sense. Stupid, it? And believe me, if David Gold had done that, or or David Sullivan had known that David Gold had done that, they would have said something about that. Yeah, of course they, they would have. They know the stick that they're under at the moment. Yeah, so they would come out and say, well, "We funded that transfer personally." Da, 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 da. Um, also, the timing of it. Why not say that news five hours earlier when it was transfer deadline day and we didn't know if we were signing a player or not? Why wait? So it's officially confirmed and then press it out. The transfer, the takeover of the club would not have changed in those five hours from when the window shut to when the window was, sorry, when the window was open to when the window was shut to then put that news out. So the timing of it almost takes away the credibility of the, of the story. Um, also, if you trace secret agents' tweets, um, if you give them a, a timeline and you see the things that have been said since this guy has emerged, um, he has said uh, that, uh, where are we? He's basically um, said that, oh gosh, I'm just scrolling off the wrong thing, that, you know, it's going to be a takeover etc 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 um then it was it was something to do with las vegas happens in east london that was one thing he said there and then he's saying board meeting today ds will now accept offers mainly interest from a u.s consortium finalizing a deal to buy a chunk of the la raiders well you'd be able to find out who they were if they were buying the LA Raiders, it's a big club. Um, so if you, why is he not just saying who the consortium are when you could do that research yourself? Um, and then it turned into two Chinese parties. What's happened to them? Now it's an Americans are going to bid imminently. So what was, why two, why say two Chinese parties if the Americans are going to bid imminently? A West Ham legend is apparently negotiating this deal was something he said. Who's the West Ham legend? Why has he not said anything about it? Um, and then, the offer was to be accepted in the next two or three weeks that was on the 16th of september and one week that's the 23rd of september and another week that's the 30th of september and another seven days to 30 days of september to that would be now basically mm, mm. so the bid needs to be accepted now for that to be online uh to, with the timeline now it says price agreed in principle with americans buyers concluding local business first before proceeding deal to be finalized before for year-end transfer window um, activity to reduce running cost for higher valuation. Uh, it just doesn't really add up at all. Now, don't get me wrong. I think there is people out there that are considering buying the club. Um, you know, you've got maybe the owner of uh, Delaware, which is the company that do our a percentage of the catering at West Ham. They are owned by an American um, who also called Jeremy Jackson, who also owns the Boston Bruins, which is an ice hockey team. Potentially they could be interested. There's, um, you know, there's other people out there, the American consortiums that, that could potentially um be looking around a guy called steve cohen possibly um and then obviously you've got trip who i've said a number of times on the show is looking to get investors or someone to buy the club i don't for one second dispute that there is people out there that would be interested in buying the club however this is not new this is something that i've said prior to all of this secret agent stuff secret agent doesn't 
um, name them. Why does he not name them? You know. Um, then there's all these groups on Twitter that say, "I know that this is definitely happening." 15 20 i'd say about 40 people and if you go on knees at mother brown and other forums know that this takeover is definitely happening yet if you ask the chairman you ask anyone in the club you you ask anyone in these companies you know i know that caa for example had email exchanges with david sullivan about a price um but you ask them and they'll tell you they haven't put an official offer in yet how do all the, and people are telling me the reason you don't know is because there's a non-disclosure agreement or well, how the hell do 40 people on twitter knees mm. up mother brown and all these forums know exactly what's happening if there's a non-disclosure agreement um the timeline of it they're saying a new a deal is going to be completed by the end of the year it's october now um it's the 7th of october is it going to be um completed by the end of December, December 31st, two months to turn the club around in that time. I very much doubt that that would be able to even possibly happen. I think people, as I said, have had email exchanges with offers, but I don't believe there's been a proof of funds. You have to prove that you've got the funds to to um, buy the club. I, as far as I'm aware, that hasn't happened. Um, so... I, I just think you just have to take this information with a bit of a pinch of salt. Right? Why are no newspapers reporting it now? Pre the previous takeover bid, um, Jacob Steinberg, who you know does know stuff about West Ham, and a Sun art, uh, um, Sun journalist reported the previous takeover. Not one person's reporting it now. I I googled just now doing the section West Ham takeover bid, and there is there is nothing. There was nothing there. There is no talk of any takeovers. So, it apart from mentioning what Secret Agent said, so this sort of thing would be in the paper. The Newcastle takeover, we knew about for years. When the Glaciers took over Manchester United, you knew about that for years. I just think, cleverly, people want there to be a takeover. So, they're basically believing what they're told one could happen but I don't think there's one close Spencer Owen asked me to go on his show last night but I'd already committed to something else I didn't want to either because if you say that you don't think the takeover is genuine well not that you don't think it's genuine because I do think there is potential but if you don't think the takeover is imminent you get hate because people want it to happen so they're like oh fuck off what does he know he don't know a fucking thing but it's gonna happen because that's what people want I don't know if you remember to relate back to this when Lanzini right he there was talk of someone quite well known in West Ham circles in ICF circles put on Facebook that Lanzini he had it on a hundred percent good authority was joining Liverpool Mm. that someone had told him he'd packed his bags he was off to join Liverpool hundred percent and then people said but X hasn't said that right and then he was who's this fucking X you know (laughs) he's a fucking this that the other fuck this and fuck that and but like really personally abusing me and then. It went on for a couple of days. He's fucking going. I'm telling you, he's going. Yeah, he's come fuck off. Like, just all this aggression towards me just because I didn't think he was. Um, where's Lanzini now? Mm. You know? So people want 
if people get so hell-bent on believing something that they almost don't want to hear what the truth is. Now, as I, as I am saying, I think there is potential out there for a bid. I think there's interested parties. I think there are Americans. I think there's Saudi Arabians. I think, don't know about Chinese, but certainly foreign investors that are interested. I think Donald Tripp, is that his name? <laughs> Not Donald Tripp, that's Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> What's Tripp's first name? What's first name? <laughs> Tripp. Chip Smith, Chip Smith, Chip Smith, Donald Trip, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and and Johnson uh, Boris, <laughs> and Johnson Boris. It's also uh, oh, that's fucking brilliant. God, I'm tired, mate. Um, who's his name now? Trip Smith. Fuck me. Edit that bit out, mate. You're not going to. You prick. I know you won't. But Trip Smith. Trip Smith. Uh, I think that he. Um, I think he is trying to create buyers for the club as well. But I don't. I hate to say it. I don't think there's anything close at the moment. As soon as I hear something, and believe you me, I am trying to get as much info on this, and maybe I'll go on Spencer's <laughs> show next week and I'll have it. But I am. Um, I I'll bring that when I hear it, and I apologise if that's not what you want to hear. Good stuff. Thank you, mate. Welcome back to the final part of the show where we answer questions from our collective followers on social media. And once again, hashtag AskWestHamWay has been trending on Twitter, so thanks for that. I've selected a handful which I'm going to read out, starting with at John Goodman 20 Hello, gents. Seeing as the last time we won anything, we only had three channels on our TVs. <laughs> which manager since then has achieved the most? Keep it up. We smash it every week. Thanks, John. Get a West Ham manager, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess Harry Redknapp. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I agree. Yeah, in terms of he kept us in the Premier League, didn't he? I don't. We didn't get relegated under Harry Redknapp. No. It was under Billy Bonds um, the previous years before that, and then obviously weren't relegated while he was there. Um, got us to fifth in the league, didn't he? We won the Intertoto Cup. Yeah, uh, played good football, really. Really entertaining. My favourite years of watching West Ham. Mm. Great um, players in that era as great well. Great players. Signed De Canio. Signed Sinclair. Canute. Mm. Loads of like really good signings during that era. So I guess him. I mean, if you look at Pardew, got us promoted, got us to an FA Cup final. You could argue him possibly. Allardyce got us promoted, kept us in the Premier League. Um but yeah, I think it's got to be Harry. Isn't yeah, it? I think it would be for me. I look back at that time with such fondness. Yeah. Because it was such a good time to go to West Ham. And in particular, the season we finished fifth and qualified for Europe. Yeah. And just great players, great style of play, such a good feel about the place. Yeah. And uh, I'll forever hold that time in my heart, to be honest. And, yeah. and I like Harry as well. I, I always have done. I see, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, I. I try to dislike him, if that mm. makes sense, because you know, you've know you all heard the Billy Bond stories. Mm, mm. He managed Tottenham after us, mm. and, and I, I try to not like him, but having worked with him on the podcast like yep. we did, uh, realising what a lovely and accommodating fella he was to us, you know, yeah. he said he'll do stuff with us again. Um, and then he, he just comes across 
across well. I think in mm. the in the media, I think um, he's just a very likable man. Yeah, and I think he's got a good personality, and he talks a good game. And like I say, I've got some lovely memories attached to him. Well, with this West is Ham. what I mean, and and he was such a part of my West Ham supporting growing up. Yeah, you know, like when was he made manager? What, 94 probably, and I think he lasted till what 2001 roughly. So that's taking me from the age of like 12 to. Um, mm. 19 and that's like you know that's your almost your peak years, yeah. years of supporting a club and so that's when you start to go to away games for the first time properly start going with your mates you know getting drunk that sort of mm. stuff it's great days those days yeah really, they really were and, and I know it obviously it's a bit of a taboo subject with the whole Billy Bond saga and I'm not for one second you know discrediting Bill's version of events because I believe Bill to be honest with you yeah. I'm assuming that probably did happen and uh, by the sounds of things, I think Harry was more cut out for management than Bill was, and Bill was more suited to the coaching element, is what I understood. But the way it was handled at the time, obviously, is unforgivable in Billy's eyes. I understand that's a black mark against Harry's name, but for the time he gave me as a fan back then, and the fact that I like him as a person, um, yeah, I, I, I've got to say, Harry, is it, you know, Alan Pardew, I think, was a very underrated manager for West Ham in his mm. time with us. We had some good times Created under him. a great team there. Yeah, and do you know what? I mean, further down the pecking order, I think we had some good times under Sam as well. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I know people moan about the style of football, but we had some good times under him. Yeah, I mean, when you look at that Pardew team that got promoted and then had that year where we... When we finished ninth, was it in the end? And they got to the FA Cup final. Yeah. Um, you know, that team was really exciting, you know, mm. and young and enthusiastic. You know, you think you had Anton, you had um, Koncheski, you had Mullins, you had Rio Coca, Everington, um, Zamora, Harewood. You know, I know he wasn't young, but Sheringham, you know, great player for us. It was a really Gabadon, Collins, you know, yeah. really good group of players that we had. Then mm. Benayoun, you know, some really really top players so mm-hmm. it was a good time under Pardew definitely yeah it was good question that yeah um, this is from at HammersFan02380 otherwise known as Woody how do the players feel about Moy's lack of subs they must wonder why they're not being utilised if we're losing or being given a run out if we're winning um yeah, I guess so. They must be frustrated. I mean, particularly if you're a player on the subs bench, you know mm. you're not going to get your opportunity to really make that much of a difference to the to the team, um, and you're not really going to get a chance to play your way back in because you're not going to get a chance to impact the game. Um, yeah, it must be frustrating. Um, yeah, I guess I don't know personally how they feel. I'm not asked them. But I can't imagine it's great when you see that you're on the bench for a team that doesn't make many subs. It's like Connor Coventry was on the bench for us um, in the both the league cup games. I think against from memory, certainly he wasn't against Everton, but he was against Hull and um, Charlton and. They just when we were like four new up or whatever we were in those games, um, he decided not to bring him on, and that for me wasn't great. Give him a bit of experience, you know. Why you're better off bringing him on than an experienced player in that respect gets him more game time, you know. I think that sort of thing's a little bit would be frustrating. Yeah, I agree. This is from at T Hunty Thirty, also known as Tim Hunt. Love the show, fellas. Become a ritual listening to the show every Thursday afternoon here in Australia. If you were on the board, what would be the contract you'd offer Antonio as his current contract expires at the end of the season? 
Um, I think from memory, and I have had this conversation with people close to him, I think he wants a four or five year deal, four year deal possibly. He wants it now? Yeah. How, how old is he? 30. And how much money is he on? Um, don't know entirely, 65 roughly, I can't I guess. see him getting a four or five year deal this with 30 years of age. This is the problem, he, he wants that, but I think we only want to offer I can't remember. I have checked this out before. Um, two or three, and there's some kind of not um, not seeing eye to eye at the moment. But West Ham don't do their contract renewals renewals generally till January. Usually that's yeah. the, the time. So he needs to hold on till there. If it was down to me, I think I'd give him a three year deal um, on the same, maybe slightly more than what he's on now. Because I think he's more valuable to us right now than he has ever been. So I might give him maybe a five, ten grand increase um, and give him a three year deal um, and take it from there. It does make me a little bit concerned that he'd be 33 ish at the end mm. of that. But I think. He deserves something for what he's done for us the last... Yeah, he does. I mean, his key attribute is his pace, and that's only going to get slower over time because, like I say, he's 30 now. So I think I would personally probably push for a two-year deal and probably test the waters with 5K extra on top of that. Because obviously the thing you've got to be careful is is because it 100% happened with Jeremy and Gakia, is when you've got a player who has six months left of his contract, he will be getting tapped up. There'll be agents left, right and centre, clubs looking to make contact behind closed doors. And by you know by then you've left it too late and you've lost your player. So I, I think the fact that we wait, until January is a fucking joke anyway, yeah. and it's just completely ignorant towards trying to secure your best players yeah. um, and avoid situations like Jeremy and Gakia. But the fact that it is in place, yeah, I think um, I, I think a four or five year deal is unrealistic on his part. And if I wanted to offer two, possibly settle on three. And I think Antonio's got a good deal for himself Well, there. I think we've got a bit of an issue in January because all of these players are out of contract at the end of this season. So Antonio, Balbuena, Snodgrass, Mark Noble, Lucas Fabianski and David Martin. Now, you look at that, obviously you want to give Antonio a new deal, 100%. Balbuena is 29 probably deserving on the last couple of games and another one year two year deal well, I'm not sure Moyes rates him so whether he'll get that I don't know Snodgrass at 33 do you give him a new deal I don't know about that it depends who you bring in but I, as much as I, I love Snodgrass as a person mm. a player I don't know maybe a one year contract extension Mark Noble 33 what would you do with him I think I'd give him another year. I think at 33, you know, he can... His birthday's May the 8th, so he'll be 34. So he'll be going into the season as a 34, 35-year-old. Um, I think, yeah, one more deal I sort of I would do. Uh, Fabianski's 35. I'd give him maybe a two-year deal. Um, and then David Martin... I don't know what to do with him really. We've got Randolph, we've got young keepers coming through. I love David Martin, one of the nicest mm. guys you'll ever meet. Um, but I don't think we really need him anymore. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think I disagree with any of that. I don't think I would uh, give Snods a new deal. No. I think I'd give Nobes one year if you wanted it. Yeah. But if, and it is a massive if, possibly the, the biggest if of all ifs, Declan stays on, mm. 
it would be on the basis that he hands the armband over. Because yeah. I'm a big believer in your captain's got to play week in, week out, yes, and Nobbs yeah. isn't, and he won't. No. So I would, because you know I think it would be a very sad day when he's no longer at the football club. Yeah. You know, he is Mr. West Ham, and even if he doesn't play, his influence, his experience, and even contribution, uh, minimally, to games is going to be of value. So I'd definitely give him one year. Balbuena, yeah, possibly. Maybe one or two. Um, and yeah, I think everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've just seen that Ogbonna's 32, by the way. I think I said he was 30 earlier. So, um, yeah, he's just, just out of interest, 32, which, you know, he's only, it means he's only got a couple of years left, really, at performing. Mm. How long has he got left his, on his contract? He, you know? Well, that's why I found out, because I was in looking at who was contracts were up for renewal the year after, in the summer. Oh. And you've got Ogbonna, you've got Yarmolenko, you've got Fredericks, and you've got Ben Johnson. Yeah, so, but then what you do as a football club is you plan in advance to replace these players yeah so we're thinking about losing these players in the summer or or next year by then you'd like to think that you've got some sort of strategy in place where you're phasing him out of the football club anyway yeah you'd like to think Mm. but this is West Ham after all Uh, at Bobby Mac 5 is it true that X has an XL Big Mac before every podcast and doesn't offer to buy you one Dave <laughs> uh, well, do you know what? I didn't know the answer to that myself um, until tonight, thanks to Sean Whetstone, who did actually confirm that X drives to McDonald's and eats before he comes here. Now, I've kind of been given the impression that poor old X is grafting and working late at work, which is why I say, fair enough, take your time, mate. You know, get it when you want. It might add another hour or so onto my editing, taking me into the early hours, but don't, don't worry about me. Let's think about you for a minute. Lo and behold, he is stuffing his face with a McDonald's. And to answer your question, it is true, uh, he didn't offer to buy me one either. Um, just Unforgivable to many ju- people. Just, Good uh, job we're friends. Just to deal or with are that. we? I don't just, know. <laughs> just to deal with that, that harsh statement, <laughs> this is the first time I have ever done that in the history. Would you take a lie detector test on that? I would. would 100%, you? yeah. This is the first time I've ever done this, apart from actually, there was the time when I was due here and you said, mate, can you not get here for half hour, an hour? And you kept putting me back. And then I went to the service station. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that bur- one. I got a Burger King then but other than that I actually have never done this before but I thought to myself usually this podcast is going on now the way we talk on and off air <laughs> yeah, we yeah. go, go, oh, we're not done until like 10 half 10 so then by the time it takes me about half hour to get home from your, from your place and so by the time I got home and gone to McDonald's or KFC I'm eating at like 11 o'clock 11.15 and then I have to go to bed at 11.30 and get up with the KFC McDonald's yeah. just resting in my stomach so I thought right I, I'm going to nip and it, it wasn't massively out my direction for those of you that know um, Dave lives in Takeley uh, the M11 uh, Junction 7 has a McDonald's near Epping it does N- nipped off there got it there headed on my way up at it as I was driving so no no lost time there actually I don't know if I'm legally allowed to say that <laughs> I, I ate the chips very carefully whilst fully whilst concentra- tweeting whilst fully concentrating on the road um, and, uh, and then I had the Big Mac and this is genuinely true actually I did stop to eat the Big Mac I didn't eat the Big Mac as I was driving but I uh, did eat occasional chips here or there as I was driving and um yeah and I um I basically uh 
Um, yeah, did that. And I was on the phone to Sean Wetson just um, talking about a few West Ham stuff as I came out to the drive through. So he heard and I crumbled under pressure because I didn't actually want a Big Mac. I wanted the triple <laughs> cheeseburger thing that's now out. I thought that'd be really, really nice. And usually I would have thrown in some nuggets on top of that as well. But because he was on my, in my car audio thing, uh, the pressure of having to order <laughs> with him listening. And I knew he was going to listen to what I got and do something about it. I just could tell. So I was like, I played it down. I would have got more if he wasn't online. To be he should have driven back round and said, sorry, can I have two burgers yeah, for that exactly. when you'd hung up from Sean? <laughs> and if I'd known you'd wanted it, mate, I'd come on between friends. I would have spared you a cheeseburger. I mean, probably so. a bit of an over justification on the question. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's fine, mate. No, it's fine. I'll, um, I'll have breakfast tomorrow. I'll look forward to that. It's fine. <laughs> um, Right, okay, this is from at DEP Tones. Um, very supportive of us on Twitter as well, so hope you're well, mate. Heard a great interview with Felipe Anderson on TalkSport, uh, and it was a good interview as well, by the way. Uh, I had no idea he can now speak English really well, and he sounded like a great guy. Did the club do enough to help him with his obvious lack of confidence and try to get the old Philippe Anderson back? I don't know. I don't know what the club tried. I do know that Moyes didn't particularly rate him. And, you know, when Moyes needed him, particularly last year in a relegation battle, he didn't think he had the mental character to be in a relegation battle. Um, he wasn't wrong, was he? No. And I think Anderson's a popular player. You know, the players like him. I think he's quite a nice guy, as she suggested. Um, I think he is um, not a lad he doesn't really go drinking he didn't go out much I think he's quite a reserved character but they all all liked him um which is obviously kind of what you want I guess for a footballer so they're not going to get themselves into too much trouble um but I just think confidence was shot and maybe this is their attempt at repairing it for him by allowing him to go to Porto on loan yeah yeah I mean I mean I don't want to oversimplify this situation with Philippe Anderson because it is complicated and it is incredibly frustrating for both parties but I, I, I don't know I don't know if the club ever used sports psychologists we spoke about this before on the podcast um, if we don't and we haven't with Philippe then I think we've overlooked that because you know a number of players in the past have said that it's worked really well for them and yeah. you know I think in Felipe's situation as complicated as it is you have to explore every possible avenue mm. to try and get that player back to his best and if we haven't looked at that avenue then the answer is in my opinion we haven't done everything that we could do mm. but we can all hope above all hopes that he um, has a good season at Porto and comes back to close to his best because mm. when he's at his very best he's one hell of a player. One hell of a player. At Tisky Boo says, does this mean the club are relaxing their restrictions around where players can give interviews? Uh, as seem to recall, they won't allow any to come onto the podcast. Or as is this being done as a favour to their media partner? And this was um, a tweet that was actually in response to TalkSport publishing the Philippe Anderson interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what Niall was saying is... Um, how comes they're allowed to speak to you but not the podcast? Because he's basically answered his own question. Because the talk sport are a trusted partner. They've had Jim Smith had um Jim Smith fucks out with me today. <laughs> She's the ex Derby manager, isn't Where he? Is it with you? I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's Jim... like your fucking brain's like a, a lucky dip for names, <laughs> isn't it? The thing is, I'm actually my memory's generally quite good. But when it comes to names, it's just fucking horrific. Jim White, I mean <laughs> uh, Jim White had David 
Cullivan on. <laughs> no, nothing's going to beat Donald Tripp. No, Donald he could Tripp's try all night long. <laughs> nothing's going to beat that. Um, yeah, so David <laughs> Sullivan was on that. Then we had... I was going to quit Ryan Cresswell. I literally was. But, uh, <laughs> and he used to play with Chef on Wednesday, I think. Aaron Cresswell. And then they had Aaron Cresswell on, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and, and obviously they've had Anderson on. The talk sport producer is Lee Clayden, I think his name is, who used to be the editor of the Times. Am I, am I right? The Times, the Daily Mail Daily Mail, it was the Daily Mail, it was the editor of the Daily Mail, uh, but he's a big West Ham fan, you know, he's written books and contributed to various things to do with West Ham, he's obviously well West Ham connected, he's been in the press box many a time, probably had a good relationship with the owners and the press team there, so TalkSport is the chosen platform, I think, of West Ham people to go on, the problem um, is, is that they don't trust us, even though we've had David Gold on, We've had Declan mm. Rice on. We've had Snodgrass on. We've had so many players yeah. and people connected to West Ham, West Ham legends, and we've never done them a disservice. No, no we always there. look after them. Yeah. And yet, Cresswell goes on TalkSport, fucking car crash. Sullivan goes on TalkSport, fucking car crash. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it is frustrating. I know, it's massively frustrating. And I'll be honest with you, mate, I think probably a lot of that is down to me um, because they, you know... I guess I've got a reputation as being someone that inverted commas leaks things from the club, so maybe they don't want to work with work with me, perhaps. But when it comes to this sort of thing, I, you know, Declan Rice, I was promoting that kid when he was like sixteen, seventeen, and telling people how good he was when he made mistakes in games or you know arguing with the England stuff and the IRA stuff, and he's made the odd mistake here or there. I've defended him like anything, and then when he came on the podcast, he sounded really good. I thought it came mm. across really well. I've done nothing, in my opinion, to other than to help that guy, and the same with other players, you know, Connor Coventry, people like that. That if. That, that we've never ever said anything from my knowledge to harm the players that are like we've mm. never oh God, no. we've never done, and we certainly wouldn't if someone was coming on the podcast so no. No. I don't understand why most of these people agreed to come on the podcast I've told yeah, you before I know. Snodgrass I know. agreed we had to cancel yeah. David Martin said he'd come on and we had to cancel Declan Rice said he'd come mm. on again had to cancel because the club mm. pool the, David Gold as well David was, was going to come on again had to cancel um, you know so the club pulled the plug on us um, when I don't know why I just think they're paranoid that we'll stitch them up but actually mm. track records suggest they're better off coming and then, here than talk and then in the same breath they expect a favour from you when it comes to pulling information or withholding oh, information oh yeah, oh yeah. from this show or social media yeah, so yeah. you know how do you want to play this do you want to work together or do you just want it as a, as a one way street 100% mate the amount of times I get messages asking me either to promote something or not to say yeah. something but what um, do we get in return nothing and what they get from me is I hear stories because I've got numerous friends that are journalists I hear stories that are going to break in the papers that are a detriment to West Ham at times and I give the club heads up on those so they can prepare their side of things get fuck all in return to be fair so mm. how long this agreement will be this one sided I don't know yeah um, and we know you listen to this podcast yeah, every week as well, week so I'm sure you can go some way to understanding our frustrations yeah. there. Okay, this is from at Darren underscore Blackery. Has the summer transfer dealing caused any unrest slash concern amongst the squad? 
I think the players are disappointed that we've not brought anyone in. I remember after the Newcastle game, Andy Carroll said to a few of our players, I think, and said to a few of our staff that, look what a few signings have done for us. I think Hendrick scored, didn't he? And uh, Wilson scored, which were two new signings. And they had someone else playing, Lewis, I think. And he was very clear what a difference it had made. Whereas West Ham hadn't, didn't have that injection. Um, and then we signed Kafau. He comes in, makes a great great debut and you can tell immediately mm. that's a positive thing mm. so and I think the players would be disappointed you know he's never said this and I don't think he ever would say this because he's a model professional but Declan Rice knowing that Chelsea potentially were interested in him and see them signing you know Havertz, Chilwell, um, Mendy, uh, Thiago Silva, um, other pl- all the players that they signed and then looking at the club West Ham that he plays for, seeing us sign fuck all, it must make you think, you know, yeah, the ambition. Of course it does. Because um, he wants to play for a good, uh, like a winning team, and they're only going to win if they buy better players. Yeah. Um, so I'd imagine, and he's not said that, I'm just speculating, but I'd imagine that's the same for the others. You know, if you're a fringe player, then you don't want West Ham to sign anyone because they're going to take your place. Yeah. But if you're one of the star players, then you mm. do. Mm. Uh, this is from at Smack It Zero. If the club are trying to save money, then why have they not got rid of Karen Brady? She is one of the club's biggest earners for doing no more than selling lies. Love the show. Let's hope we can get the events back soon. Um, they don't. I mean, because there was talk about that, wasn't there? Yeah. I, whether it was, well, it must have been unofficially, obviously. But yeah. there were whispers that, that, that there was a real chance they might do that. Yeah. I don't know if that ever had any legs or not, really. No, I mean, in terms of biggest earners, I'm not sure that's entirely accurate because you know you think Jack Wilshere was getting, for example, 100 grand a week. Mm. They, she, they, he might be referring to off the pitch, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she does get a huge amount of money. I mean, obviously, she's a share, a major part of the boardroom, but yeah. I don't know. She's not a shareholder, so she doesn't make money in that respect. She will get a wage. Yeah. She'll get a wage. But it's I, a decent wage, I though, mean, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it's a decent wage. Don't get me wrong. I would speculate, and this is purely speculation. It's millions a year, but um, maybe two, three million a year, maybe four. I don't know. I'm, I'm speculating. How, how valuable is she to well, this West Ham? Well, this is the, the, what I was going to say they obviously think the value she provides is worth that money which is why she gets that um we as fans would say she doesn't deserve that because we don't see the positives that they must see that she brings um i don't think they would ever get rid of her because of the history you know david sullivan and david golden her have been together like officially as business partners or whatever you want to call it for years now what it must be near 30 years i'm guessing yeah um so i just don't think it would ever ever change um and the only thing that could change it is if that she decides to pursue a political career and doesn't have the time to be a west ham chair um person because she's got other commitments i think that's the only way it will change i mean there's been campaigns for her to leave i think it would do the PR of Sullivan and Gold probably some good if she they did ask her to leave but I don't think they ever would I don't think Sullivan ever would I think Gold possibly would but I don't think Sullivan would mm. well let's hope she takes up a career in politics eh? sooner <laughs> rather than later at Wigchop two games in a row Noble has come on with five to go and taken the armband from Rice mm. why do they do that with little time to go when Rice has led the team to a win mm. do you think at some point Rice will be appointed captain and mark 
vice captain. Love the pod. I agree. When I saw that happen against Leicester, I just thought to myself, why? Why do that? You know, it doesn't make a difference anyway. Like, it's not like just as soon as you get that armband, you kind of have magical powers. Yeah, that's like, right. You know, it, it doesn't make you a better captain for having the armband on. Don't you I think just, Mark should have refused it? I think I don't think they should do it. I don't see the point of it, mate. Like, you know, what's because if I'm Mark, I would I would have said, no, no, keep keep it on. Yeah, deck. exactly. You got fucking five, five minutes, minutes left. left. The team are winning. Three I think it's nil. disrespectful to Declan Rice. I think it actually. is. I, I mean, I don't. I don't see the point in it, to be honest nah. with you. Everyone knows that Mark Noble is the club captain. If he comes on the pitch for five minutes left, he still resumes the club captain role. He doesn't suddenly have to, you know, no one doesn't think he's an important anymore. You know, he is still the club captain. He doesn't need to be given the armband to show everyone that he's the club captain. As I said, it doesn't give you extra powers having the armband. It's just pointless. I don't know why they do that. I don't know. I don't, it's just give keep the captain on the pitch that's got you to that position mm. you know obviously if Declan was subbed off then mm. give it to Noble but mm. the fact that he's yeah. still on on the pitch then then um then why bother I, I don't understand it it seems pointless I mean I don't know if you can cast your mind back now but I'm trying to think if that happens with other clubs whether that's quite common if a captain would come on and then take the armband from the standing captain. Uh, I would say it probably is common. I can't say it's ever stood out in my mind as seeing no, that. Me, I don't know if I would notice that. Sort yeah, of thing, and this but, is the thing. I'm not yeah, sure we would either, notice. Either way, it would be pointless then as well. I would say the same thing about them. Yeah. What's the point? You know, yeah. it's, uh, it's not like you suddenly forget who the captain is. Yeah. And going forward, yes, I think I would say at the latest... Declan Rice needs, if he's still at the club, obviously needs to be the captain next season. Would at you the latest? Would you give him the armband without him committing his future to the club? Uh, and the reason I ask that is, if you're going to give it, strip it from Nobes and give it to Declan, then he leaves in six months' time. Is it then okay to just give it back to Nobes? Has the whole process been a waste of time and it's a little bit of a kick in the bollocks? Yeah, I do see your point. I think it's time to think about replacing Noble as captain, regardless if it's for Declan or not. You know, Noble will always be the club figurehead while he's there. Uh, he always will be, but I think as he, you know, like we said, he's going to be 34 next year. We need to start progression planning and thinking about who's going to be captain. The obvious choice is Declan, but if Declan leaves, we need to start thinking about who next. Suchek, you know, he might be a decent captain material. I don't know really that much about him as a person, but in terms of position and ability, he could be a captain. Um, you know, Diop might have matured by then. To, and be a captain material so I do think we need to think about moving the captain to someone else regardless of whether it's Declan or not mm-hmm. right okay that is all we've got time for tonight as always thanks for listening thanks for giving us your questions take care of yourselves be lucky and until next week come on, on your irons. irons when you love riding a motorcycle you want to ride it everywhere even getting a dental checkup Mr. Carter, wouldn't you prefer the chair? I'm fine on my bike, Doc. Well, let me know if you feel any discomfort. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. All done, Mr. Carter. Remember to brush, floss, and lubricate your drive chain regularly. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. 
It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement-making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite and more. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.